Yo, Tattooed World, this is Eric Inklin, and I am on the Dip and Rip podcast. I'm here with Eric Inklin. He's been tattooing for a few days. Um, yeah. Currently in Dallas. What part of da- Plano? Yeah, north north of Dallas. North of Dallas. Yep. Um, when when did you start tattooing? Uh, it's September of 1989. It's, Back was, in the, I get to say I started tatting in the 80s. Yeah, I was born <laughs> a couple months before you started. I was right there in January. <laughs> so I was a baby. Yeah, man, 19, 1989. Uh, got some dough for my birthday and then bought some fucking gear and went to town, man. And then That's how, basically how it started. How does, how, and, and where'd you, where'd you learn how to tattoo at? Who? Man, I never had an apprentice. I mean, I never did the apprentice shit, you know? I just learned from watching. I hung out a lot around Corey Miller and, you know, Jack Rudy and stuff. And they were either kind enough or not observant enough to know that I was there. So (laughs) they were cool about it. And then, yeah, man, it was just, you never, back then, you didn't do it to think you were going to do it for a living. You just did it. You know, because you, you, just you wanted, wanted to do you it. You just wanted a tattoo. And it was tough, you know, going and you go with your fucking homeboy to the drugstore and he, <clears throat> he stands guard while you, you know, steal fucking 12 caps off a of fucking toothpaste so you can have ink caps and shit. And <laughs> Did you? Yeah, because yeah, you couldn't get the shit. It wasn't, a, you can't make a call like today and just. You couldn't just go get it. No. So we had ink caps and we'd boil them and put the same color in them and use them half a dozen times and then toss them and go get more where uh so you worked you you worked at tattoo land or you were around there no i i i mostly so when i first started the first shop was called fat george's tattoo gallery in la puente yeah i remember the the, the fucking og triple og little man so yeah so fat george's um you know i was hanging around Corey and watching them and i finally went in and got you know, hey, George, give me a fucking gig. Did a, you know, worked for a little bit there and then <clears throat> bailed, went to Hollywood because that's where, I, you know, Hollywood was where the fuck to be if you're in Southern California. Got a gig at this shop called, oh, what the fuck was it called? Art to the Bone. Dude named Lou Bone. Lou Bone. Lou Bone <laughs> and his fucking brother, Miles, gave me a gig there. It's right on, um, Right, like right when you got off on Hollywood Boulevard, it was fucking right there. Was there a lot of shops back then? No, there wasn't. Maybe in in all of the Hollywood area, if I see if there was a dozen shops, that'd probably be a lot. That'd be that's it, a lot for that. Because back then. If, if you were tattooing, you kind of knew people. Like there wasn't there was you had to know some. Basically, know some you couldn't just <clears throat> get a gig and walk in. I mean, Bob had a shop. You know, Spotlight was out there, Bob Roberts, but I, I didn't. I wasn't fucking cool enough to. Hang with the Bob Robert. How back how, then. how old were you, and and how old was Corey, and how old? Was, I started when I was seventeen. I so mean, you, I was so a fucking were junior young. in high school. Yeah, man. And Corey was probably Corey's. You know, he's six, seven years older than me. So he he was he'd already been in the game for seven or eight years. I think six, seven years already. You know, so he 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 was already at it. He's had his own play. You know, he started to. He went from George's and then he went to Jack's and then he went from Jack's opened up optic. Does that, did everybody work at George's? 
I hear because pretty I hear, much everybody that came up. through Southern California range, you were at Georges at one point or the other. What? How was working at Georges? What was Georges? Rough, dude. It was fucking. It was just a rough spot. Yeah, man. It was old school fucking tat parlor, man. It was fucking gangsters and fucking bikers and did, cholos and. Did you know, George just, tattoo a panther on you? George yeah. tattooed a panther, my first tattoo, and I was 14, man. And you wanted to use it, I'll just get that. <laughs> and I was like, what well, can I get for 60 bucks? He's like, that. And I said, just, okay. It all- looks like it, but I was littler. <laughs> so was a a little smaller back then. <laughs> it looks like a fucking weasel now, all stretched out to be damned Dude, and shit. It's, but, it's fucking, but it's still there. I love it. I, I, I still, I never it. got, I, I think you got a picture of it. No, I have a picture of it. And then, um, Somebody online had posted because I was always trying to figure out. I was like, I want. I mean, was George super fat or something? You he was know, not. And then people were like, no. average size. And then I posted a picture of him. Are you posted a picture? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like one of the only pictures. It's the only picture I have of him that at all ever. The only picture I ever had of him. Yeah, and there was a lot of dicey shit going on there. But you were young, so you weren't fucking. You know. I didn't. I was seventeen. I didn't know. And I so was just rolling with whatever. You were just rolling with what was going on. <clears throat> yep. What's the um. One time you were telling me about him, or he got to, or he's some guy came in, he wanted to get a tattoo, or he didn't like the price. Oh, yeah, man. The uh, fucking, the big white power dude come walking in, and he he just got out of the joint. And uh, he goes to George. You know, it's hard to, it's hard. You got to set the scene, man. It's a little fucking shop and, you know, a little lobby, and then it had two little windows. That you worked right behind in a little gateway so in the could, middle. So you could see out. So you could kind of, no, you could see into the, where the working area was. But this was a shop that was like maybe fucking 10 by 20 with three people in there at the time. So anyway, this guy, hey, man, I want to get this fucking tattoo, me and my old lady. And George is like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, you know, and the guy comes back a couple minutes later while, while George is doing a tattoo. Hey, how much for this fucking tattoo? Ah, uh, 50 bucks. And the guy's just kind of, eh, you know. And then a few minutes later, he comes back again. <clears throat> hey, George, how much for this fucking tattoo, man? He goes, I already told you, fucking 50 bucks, man. What, what the fuck? And then a few minutes later, a guy comes back, reaches over the counter with a fucking straight razor, puts it up to George's throat, presses it up against George's throat. Like it's like you could see his, like, like you could see it pushing the skin in. And then same thing. Hey, man, how much for this fucking tattoo? And George looks back. Hey, I already told you, fucking fifty bucks each. Thinking, dude, this motherfucker's gonna get cut. Like, what were you? What the fuck were you just doing? sitting watching? Just, <laughs> fucking, just watching. What the hell, man? You know. And but yeah, this was this is how that dude was. He was a fucking thug. Like anyway, the dudes got tattooed and they fucking punked him and they didn't pay. And but you know, George sent his you get George sword his later. pals to go. George, get him. George got it figured out. You got it figured out, man. <laughs> Nowadays, that it should fly, but. People don't kind of do that no more, man. Dude, I I, I just want to, I mean, obviously if that dude was in jail or he probably didn't give a fuck about any of that, but that's fucking, I mean, watching that, you're probably like, oh well, my dude's God. He's a big old fucking peckerwood dude. White power had fucking 100% peckerwood on his neck, dude. So, so what were you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> you're just going to fucking I would have got fucking killed probably. That's why I couldn't do nothing. I was seven, I was, fuck that, I was... 17, 16, 17. So just in general, um, like that, you know, because I always asked you like, oh, what was tattooing? Because I was, I, we were talking about thermofaxes and all this shit. You know, I was asking about tattooing with acetates. And I, when you came into tattoo, was it thermofax? When, <clears throat> when I came in, there was acetates. 
still being used, but it was right on the fucking cusp of using paper and rapidograph pens. You know, rapidograph like the pens. Hectograph, are they like the hectograph perp- ink. They're like, yeah. So you would, you would get the fucking paper, you know, and you would put it on the window and you'd fucking draw a trace it on the back of it. Yeah, and then just use that. And then, as then you would stencil. use that That's like your stencil. stencil. And then all of a sudden, somebody figured out the fucking, the 3M genius Thermofax machine, and then that changed. How much were they then? Oh, man, you could buy those back in the day for fucking nothing. They're just whatever. They were 20, 30, 40 bucks. Fucking God. A guy I worked for one time, he bought a pallet of them at a school auction for hundred bucks for like 20 of them. Oh my God. And I bought, and I bought off of him, you know, he sold several to me for like a couple of hundred bucks each. And this was in the mid nineties. So even back then they He's still weren't. Uh, well, there was probably 10 on them, but it was, I mean, there was just- nowadays you, you would have fucking $10,000 worth of Thermofaxes on that thing. And he just took just whatever, just bought But they're them. gone, dude. They're gone. They're the Thermofaxes are like, they're gone. If you don't have one, you're gonna fucking get one without paying a premium for it. That was that was the first. That was the first. Uh, like when you, if you look at tattooing and the evolution of it, that was in my sense. Well, fucking gloves, because I was right on the cusp of gloves. So was there <clears throat> when you started tattooing? Was there people that still weren't tattooing gloves, or did everybody start doing that? Pretty the much. Fucking George tattooed me without gloves. Give a fuck. Several times. Yeah. It just wasn't in anybody's mind at all. No. It's just, see, if you had them, you used them. And Some you people you only used them one hand, one hand because they would put it on their hand where they would tattoo it so they wouldn't get ink all over it. And then, you know, they were still using the fucking bucket with a wash rag in some places, you know? But, but this is about the same time as when AIDS first started becoming a thing and people started getting kind of... Yeah, well, like yeah, very, I mean, like that was... Really close, at least. Yeah, but that's still when, you know, it was... It was considered the fucking gay disease. Yeah, when yeah. Everyone was uneducated. Nobody yeah. knew about hepatitis back then. And so anyway, you the gloves we got, but the Thermofax was the new technology. Like if you had a Thermofax and you could fucking slide a piece of paper and in fucking a half a second you have a fucking, you know, giant tattoo ready to go. But you weren't even doing giant tattoos back then. That was the thing. There's a few people that might have been doing large scale. But that wasn't yeah, that custom, wasn't custom big shit hadn't really the, that, taken I mean, I on yet. I, I, if I really sat and thought about it, I couldn't even think of somebody that was doing big custom stuff except maybe fucking Hardy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Hardy, you know, was watch, you know, got that from Jerry. Yeah. Jerry doing big back pieces and stuff. So I where I came from, you know, it was you were fucking doing baseball, hats, yeah. softball size. Softball size was considered big. You know what I mean? Nobody drew yeah. shit on back then. It was always make a stencil or whatever. So did every did every shop stay open hella fucking late? Like you tattooed all night, all the time. When I I had a little, <laughs> I had a gig over at at Sunset. I'm not at Sunset over at uh, uh, Tattoo Mania for a minute. And I remember several times going in there at noon or one or two. And next thing you know, you look outside. It's fucking six in the morning the next day. He's tattooing, oh, tattooing. Oh, fucking! Because there wasn't, there wasn't a, a fuckload. Of, there wasn't a million tattooers, right? No, like not at all. No, like so. When you, what was your first machines? I, I, my very, very first machine, like literally my very first machine, I got from an old tattooer named Phil Fairweather from from Texas. 
He used to, he's the guy the, the, the fuck all the arguing, what everyone's going to say or deny this so they can go fuck off. But Phil Fairweather is the man that started all the ink that you know of nowadays. It can all be traced back to his original fucking recipes, fucking unique art supply, Permapro brand ink. And he was in Irving, Texas, and he had a little shop called, uh, oh, fuck, why can't I think of the name? Uh, his shop was called, uh, um, Oh man, I bought I bought his shop from him to turn into Ace and the whole. That eventually. was in Deep Ellum, though. That was the Deep Ellum shop, but he had the shop in Irving. How- I just can't think of the name of it. All of a sudden, it just slips. It slips in my mind. But anyway, his uh, his shop. You know, he was an old tattooer from way back in well, Texas. When you met him, how how old was he? Probably. Oh, he's probably in his. I would say he's probably in his forties, man. When you met him, yeah. Okay, so he he sold me my first machine. And then he got me turned on to um, the Papillon. Papillion. The old fucking butterfly. Dude, the old Yep, so I, I got some machines from them, and I bought, and I still have, my the fucking needle jig set from Papillon. And he gave me, you know. Gave you a little spread. Yep, and then I ordered from Spalding, you know, a fucking clip cord and a foot pedal and the foot pedal i still use to this day is it that metal one almost 30 years that one you always tell me shit never broke never never broke it's completely raw on both sides no cork no rubber (laughs) but it still works man works good still works and uh but yeah so um god i'm fucking can't remember the name of that fucking shop called unique ink no man it was it was called the fucking remember anyway if you guys look up phil fairweather figure it out i remember i remember hearing his name and i met a guy who had the phone number tattooed on him because I, I don't know i don't know if it was him but he had the phone number tattooed on him because you had to like call him he yeah. was he was weird kind of dude like he didn't like you couldn't call him and he's like hey what's going on no, he, yeah you'd like he'd call him up and he'd be like yeah <laughs> like what are you calling like almost like what the what the fuck are you calling me for and it's like what do you think i'm calling you for man like, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. He, um, so he, but eventually he went out of business just within a few years ago. Like they came and shut him down or something. And now he's like gone. Nobody knows where he's at. Is no he still hurt. alive? I hope so. I'd Is like he, to see him again. Who, you, I don't know if that, who you were talking about, somebody that was like in the Dallas area that was real old that you have, that he doesn't tattoo anymore. And you would go, you said you need to go, go and talk to him. And I thought that was him. It, it is him, but I haven't seen him in years, man. There's a few people in the Dallas area that, that just don't tattoo anymore. No, they still try. There was somebody you were saying, you're like, man, I haven't talked to that. Or you're like, I'm never up in this area. Next time I'm up there, I'm going to go see that guy. Randy Adams. Oh, that was about the machine. Yeah, that- no, just Randy Adams in general was one of the old school. Like when I came onto the scene, yeah, I remember seeing Randy with Gil everywhere. One of the very first tattoo magazines I got, I think it was Tattoo Magazine issue one or two. Yeah, there was a, I don't know if anybody remembers Billy Tinney, the old fucking photographer with the I, big white, remember, long, white I, hair. I remember did yeah, all the fucking t- photography for Outlaw Bikers. Is, is this the original one, like the cool tat, like the fucking the cool old school tattoo just logo? Tattoo. That magazine. was the, okay. Yeah, man. So there's a picture and I remember it. It's a picture of Billy and he's like, peeking out from behind a car and across the street, fucking Randy Adams and Gil Monty are getting arrested in Daytona beach during bike week for tattooing. Cause it was illegal out there to tattoo. So 
I've always, and I, I just remember, and I met Randy. I said, dude, I saw this picture of you getting fucking hooked up with Gil, man. He goes, yep, Daytona Beach, man. We were tattooing illegally and they busted us. They had a sting or something and they nailed us. A sting for tattoos yeah, at man. a bike rally? All right. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that was, you know, those are the, that, the, I never, the thing, the, the point of the thing is, is Randy Adams in Fort Worth, 40 minutes from my fucking house. Mm. I've never once fucking seen him in Texas ever. <laughs> and I've lived in Texas for 27 years. Never I've never, slept. I feel like a douchebag that I haven't even gone to his fucking shop and just been paid him the respects to just, Hey dude, I'm just going to check out your shop. I've never just seen this. him, never seen him at his shop, but I've always seen him on the road. All the old ink slingers balls. He was there ain't out by it somewhere out in California at Gills. He was always there, but I never seen him in Texas. That's and why I, I think that's what I was telling you. I need to go and see this. Dude. Yeah. Just, yeah. Maybe that's because I thought, was uh, that sign, the rose sign, was in Phil's shop that, was that I bought. Phil's, the yes. neon rose is yep. the one I bought. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, and that sign's been around, I think, from the late 70s, early And he, and 80s. he just... Yeah, because that thing is old, dude. Because it came with the studio when I got when I got the studio. Did you ask for that? Oh, <laughs> I, well, I bought everything. I told him, I'm like, I'm buying this bitch turnkey. Like, you ain't taking shit out of it, you know? But And I, that's why I got everything with it. And so you... Um, you had met him when you moved to Texas or you Phil? met him in, or you'd met him no, in California? I met him. I met him. I met him through the phone in California. Like I never, and then I met him through somebody told me to get a hold of him. Like this is the guy you want to call to get ink. And this is this. And that's that. how it worked out. Yes. And so you started, um, so you started out in California and you ended up in Dallas, but you started, did you start making machines in California? Started, I started building machines with Danny Dringenberg in 1995. And then when he started teaching me a little bit, how, how long was he building machines when you started hanging around? I think he's, I think he started building them a few years before. There wasn't a lot of people building them. No, not by hand. No, no like, they, there, they like were, there was the companies making them, but there wasn't. You dudes. buy a cast machine and tear it apart and do whatever the fuck you want. But no, this, I mean, Danny was like making them from scratch, you know, milling them and grinding them and drilling them. And, and I was just like, holy fuck, dude, this is, fucking rad so how little fucking squirrely little wiry dudes <laughs> getting down and building these things that were just totally different than anything that was out there so what is what so you did you guys you guys what parts could you buy like what what parts you were couldn't, you couldn't you couldn't buy i mean you could buy binding posts and shit because they're just like a standoff technically but you know you'd have to buy the bar to wrap your coils you'd have to buy so you had to make it all. So we would buy, you'd buy these like sheets of phenolic, or right? Like, or circuit board. Circuit board. And we would cut them in like one inch squares, mm. you know? And then we'd drill a hole in what we thought was the center. We'd put them on a big bolt and fucking tighten them down and then put that in a lathe and then zip them down to the right. So be, that's how you made them. That's how we made the and fucking things inhale, out of Inhale them. poison and such. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then there's that, and then, you know, you would just get parts from whatever, whatever you think would work, man. You just fucking figured out a way to do it. Dude, you some, sometimes you borrow them from Henry Ford. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> there's a story that I cannot confirm or deny. I heard, that, I heard it was hearsay. Uh, just, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the there wind. might be a part of it on my machines, on one of them, but what it was is there was, it was a Thomas Edison exhibit. 
at the some, Henry, and some some guy was around at up there. the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit, and for some reason, people thought Danny was there at this thing. I mean, like I said, I don't know if it's true, but uh, you know, while while somebody or nobody was looking, he decided to unscrew quite a few binding posts off this Thomas Edison, Henry Ford exhibit. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was and, awesome. Uh, kind of maybe just leave the premises with them. <laughs> but again, like I said, I wasn't there. That's so what, that's I don't what know. You heard. That's just what I heard. That's what you heard. About and then it. when I heard somebody say like, yeah, that's, that's one of those things on that in your machine, Eric. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dan. You have no, you know, idea. no idea, dude. There's no way to <laughs> approve or unprove that. You know? So, yeah. So those have been copied since, you know, those are the, ideal binding post the ideal classic ones yeah and and i mean not saying that is the one or not the one dude how long have you how long has this supposed machine how long have you been using that same supposed, since 1996 how many times have you turned anything on it nothing ever <laughs> ever just the fucking dude there's at least just the thumb vice there's man. four and a half pounds of dust on that, because you ran out of a binding post and you stick the clipcord in a hole in the side of the frame. That's true, because it just wore through that bitch. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but, a machine made out of diamond plate, and there's a few other ones that were made from that same stock. I know Corey's got one. Um, a guy named Pope Sailor, old tattooer from Switzerland, has one. Um, and I think Danny has one or two of them from that same little sheet of bind, of diamond plate. And you just never even turned the contact on that. No, I've literally used it right out of the box, never done anything. For fucking since the since 1996. And it finally just finally wore a hole through the front of the spring. I remember you were, you were I think I showed, I think I it. showed yeah, it to like, you. I'm like, hey, hey Randy, Randy, come check this out. And you're like, what? I'm like, it finally fucking died. I'm gonna have to retire it. And it look and there's this little half moon shape in the front of the fucking Dude, spring. You're like, just and like, like I'm just gonna move it back as much as little like as millimeter. possible. Like and it just weren't and you know, I actually got a new machine recently from from Tim Hendricks back in uh January. The Cobra, dude, with the Cobra. With the fucking Cobra. Sick boy. Nice, yeah. nice and I've been machine. using that a lot, but I still use the other one. I, I can't put that thing down. Hey, you wanna hear you wanna hear a funny story about Tim? What's that? So I talked to Tim, dude. I talked to him on the phone and you know, I said, Hey Tim, I'm doing this podcast. I'm gonna do it over the phone with you. You know, I'm gonna get Eric later. We're gonna we're gonna do it. He goes, okay, cool. Let's set up a time. So we fucking set up a time. So I'm trying to use this phone app, and it's been working. And something kind of cuts out. It kind of cuts out, and I call him back. I set it all back up. Talked to Tim for an hour and a half about everything in the world, dude. About fucking running shop, just everything, right? And I hang up, and I go, thanks, Tim. I appreciate your time. Tim's like, no problem. I hang up, dude. Didn't record a fucking word. Well, yeah. I looked down, and I was all. Hey, Tim. It didn't work, it didn't work <laughs> brother. That's all. It did work. And he was just fucking laughing. He's like, that's fine, bro. We'll talk again. And I was just like, God damn it, dude. Yeah. I forgot to tell you about that because you would have thought that shit was funny. Dude, Tim is, Tim is a good dude, man. He, uh, I met him in fucking 1980. No, I met him in 1998, right after I opened up Ace in the Hole. So, oh, hold on. Let's backtrack. Backtrack, I got, okay. I got off. I got off. I'm okay. sorry. So you bought, so you were making machines with, with Danny. Yep. Because I remember you always tell me, hey, if you see a piece of metal, in because out in front of the shop, there was that bolt that was just Embedded one, into the one with the asphalt. It was yep. one. You're like, get out there and get a wrench. Get that shit out of there. <laughs> and the cars are going by. Stop traffic. Because on a different day, on a Monday, you weren't there. I was trying to get that shit out. Could not, dude. Yeah. It's fucking forged. 
It's that that bolt's actually forty feet long. We're just seeing the top. Well, maybe, <laughs> dude. So, <laughs> but um, is did you guys do that? You just make because even now, anything, we, whatever we could find. Yeah, because even even now, I had I would I'll go to your house and you're like, hey, we're gonna make some machines. And I'm like, cool. And then you just pull out a bunch of fucking trash you found at an antique. You know, shop. so back then it was like I said with Danny, we would you know we'd have some like flat stock, cut some designs out, you know out of the side, make a flat side plate or, and then there was, uh, the first time I'd ever seen them, me at least, um, the rebar ones, fucking guy, Clay Decker was making rebar, was making some out of rebar. And I remember seeing those at the old ink slingers for the first time. And that was the first time I met Clay through Danny, but he was the first one that I ever seen make the ones out of rebar, which I, I, I make some like that, but not, not too often, you know? Well, it's, is it, is it hard to drill through rebar? No, no. no. What what was that? somebody was telling me? Or no, somebody was saying the railroad spike. Somebody tried to drill through railroad spike with like nine oh, drill bits dude. trying to go through a railroad spike. That's too much. That's just too much to say you fucking made a machine out of railroad spike. So and then um, stupid. So you were making machine, and then Danny just started ramping it up, and he's and he's, he's well, he took it to the next level. Like he 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 took what he did, and he made sure the right people got it like danny in that regards marketing wise was like the fucking dude that took the von dutch fucking trucker hat and made sure all them stupid ass celebrities had him you know what i mean and got him in the right people's hands not saying anything dan's work is dan's work is the top of the line but i'm saying he made sure the best of the best in the tattoo world had access to his shit so that they would promote him and they would want to use his equipment and they, you know, he was giving them to people that they weren't going to kiss his ass and say it was good if it was shit they would have said that was fucking shit dude get it out of here but they couldn't you know they his shit was solid but he's making everything 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 because i think even uh tim was saying he started trying to figure out how to make fucking washers and he said at that he got to the point where he was making screws he was making this he was making that and he got to the point of washers and it was starting to be like not economical to try and make washers you no, know i mean but, i think that's to say you made the washer i mean now yeah, whatever but i don't think that but when you go because you always tell me hey you need to go because you go there and so there's just i mean what's the what's the shop Dude, like? he's just got the old school fucking old school machine shop with old bridgeport mills and you know got a bunch of screws there's other people that have uh you know joey d joey desormo from infinite this dude's got a fucking half a million dollars or more in CNC machines and, you know, giant machines that are, you know, enclosed when he does everything. And, and, and those are great. They fucking do anything you want, but Dan still has their CNC, but a lot of them are still hand cranked. They're the old bridge ports, dude, that are the manuals. Yeah, man, that have added CNC onto them. So it's still an old legit, machine and shop. he just has and it smells like a machine shop. it smells that oil and yeah yeah steel and you know it's it's you, 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 yeah, you, you could go in there and buy a machine can't you oh yeah it's got a little what, not a storefront but it's like but, got a little spot but yeah but it, in progress you're telling me it has a wall just all in different stages oh, yeah. of running there's always one running constantly and you can't if you just walk in there like off the street and they don't know you they're not but if, uh, if you go you could get one pretty much i mean you'd have to prove that you were fucking so batter. Um, so he has all these tools and stuff. And then I went to your house expecting to see that. You saw fucking not nothing. That. Dude. I saw not that. 
I saw an old dusty ass cabinet, dude. <laughs> now nah, you don't even own a drill press. You're like, I got a mill. That's a drill press too. I was like, that's the longest way to drill a hole. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, it, it works. I, yeah. I drove down there. I was like, man, we're going to get there. It's going to be a machine shop. No, dude, it's a machine counter. And this is an Allen wrenches on yeah, the floor. Dude. dude, you just throw Allen wrenches, dude, as a sacrifice, just right on the floor to start. Yeah, no, it's, it's all, it's all I've ever needed, man. I never. So you're making the same as you've always made them. Always never changed, man. And then you always have been making them just one by you had you said you had a small you had a product you made fifty of a production one or you made like uh, I made a, a, a bunch side. of them I made two prefab I guess you'd call them uh-huh. the first one I did was a hundred side plates and I kept the last one and then the second set was the ones that you got me turned like on the six. That had like that little fucking, yeah, that would have had 10 of them or something. Yeah, and I kept two and then you swindled them back. I took them back from you, yeah. You're like, let me hold them real quick. We're going to say they're ours, but I want to keep them at my house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so those those are the only like multiple of the same ones that I've ever done. Everything else has been one off, you know. So so you, you were making machines and then you went to Dallas. So, so, cause you were saying, no, I wasn't making machines. Out in L.A. No, I mean, I, I hung out with Dan out there, but I wasn't building anything. So I left L.A. Uh, the, the way it, it works is that the little house I was living in, me and a homie, it was a little back house. And the owners came to, hey, man, we're selling the fucking pad. And I'm like, oh, okay. You get 30 days. So I just said, you know what? I'm fucking tired of it here. So I ended up, uh, I, I called my pops and said, hey, dad, I'm, I'm fucking moving. And he said, well, where are you moving? I don't know. How the fuck do you not know where you're moving? I said, Dad, I don't, I don't know. And he, when he basically just said, hey, fucking be careful and call me when you get there, I'm like, dude, that's the blessing that I needed. So I had a, a, a 68 Volkswagen camper van. Oh, you had, you had a fucking van? I had a van, dude. It was a fucking, it was, you look like a it cartoon was, it, it could have it? been, it was, a, yeah, it was the fucking, it was the stabbing wagon, the fucking everything you wanted to call it. But anyway, so I left, literally, I had my tattoo gear. I had a duffel bag with a couple weeks worth of clothes, some personal items, and maybe 200 bucks in my pocket. And I got on the 10 freeway in LA and I drove fucking east, not knowing where I was going, who was out there, nothing. And I stopped in um, in uh, Arizona because I had met Keely Tackett, the old tattooer, yeah. female. Met her. And so I knew where her shop was. So I hit her. Hey, can I get a gig for a few days? So she put me up for a few days, tattooed, made a little bit of dough. And then I bailed and I said, hey, who else can you fucking turn me on to? So she's like, oh, you gave me a list. And and the next place I went was Tucson. And I went and saw Tony Edwards. Rest in peace. He's no longer around. But Tony Edwards, an old town tattoo in Tucson. And same thing. Hey, Keely sent me, you know, and, and so it was cool. It worked out. And I did a couple of tattoos and I said, now, where do I go? And he gave me some places there and he gave me some places in New Mexico. And I had never been to New Mexico at the time. So no, I'll fucking shoot up to New Mexico. So I went up there and met Brian Everett. The and Route 66. That Route 66. And that was when he had fucking uh, Cap Zumsky working there. Um. And a couple other, some other guys and that was there. They they were doing the crazy, the crazy blood, the fear made power. Well, he, he, I had heard Brian's name before through Jack. Yeah, but he was they were doing real similar stuff like Jack. Well, they were like friends, right? I don't know how tight they were back then, but I'm sure they were 
I'm sure they were no, they knew each other pretty good, but I just, I didn't know how well at the time. I, I didn't know them like that. Back Cause then. this is how you were doing shit is you would go. I mean, how did you find, I mean, they would say, okay, go to route 66. So there's, well, yeah, that's what you did. You can't do it. Like you do now. It's not fucking Instagram. It's not Facebook. It's not, you know, you know, Hey, type of fucking thing. Hey, can I come do a guest spot? It's like, Hey dude, who do you know that you think will let me come and fucking you're just gonna show up? Yeah, you know, and so you have to make phone calls. And, hey, man, so-and-so sent me, maybe do a couple days of work. You'd have to go there, show them your fucking bullshit, you know, printed out photographs in a photo album and hope they gave you a gig. And then, so you did that. So I went, I didn't ever work with Brian, though. I just went there and hung out and just met him and stuff like that. And then I decided, well, I'm going to go back down to where I was. So I went back down, got into El Paso, and then that's when I decided... Well, fuck, man. I'm right at the crossroads of the 10 freeway that went down to Houston and San Antonio or the fucking Highway 20 that went to Dallas. And I literally, in my little fucking stupid brain at, you know, 19 years old was, now I'll fucking go to Dallas, dude. They made a TV show about it. How bad can it be? What was Dallas? Dallas. What was the dude? show? The show was Dallas. Dallas, dude. That was the. I thought it was Walker, Texas Ranger. Was man, the Dallas? That oh, shit was down the road. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It was a couple years later. Yeah, <laughs> more than a couple. No, so I go to Dallas and I pull in in my little Volkswagen and and I didn't know where the fuck. I had a maps go. Like it was old. Like no cell phones. Folded out. Like, this was no cell phones. This was this was fucking. You you die if you don't fucking. You know what I mean? You die. So I made it into Dallas and I just remember navigating somehow and I saw one of the spotlights, you know, the little fucking lights that they shoot up in the sky for the movie. And I was like a moth, dude, I fucking followed that thing. And I went to, it was on the street called uh, Park, Park Park Lane or something. And I just thought, ooh, Monopoly fucking park money. I'll go there. Ended up at this place called The Basement in Dallas and the band Pantera was playing there. Fuck yeah. And that's the first, that was before they got big. But you really bet your life on a Monopoly game. No, well, no, I just, I didn't know where I was going. So I pulled in there. <laughs> I went into this little fucking place and I hung out and I ended up living in my car for you know about a week, but I'd go in there every night and I met up with this uh, little bartender chick and we became cool. Like we'd start talking and she told me, Hey, I know somebody that has a fucking, Tattoo parlor, you know, and get you a gig. So we went there, I tattooed her, they gave me a job. And that was Trilogy Tattoo in Dallas. And that was 1992. Was that? 91. So no, that, no, 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 1993. What area of Dallas? It was in the gay area of Dallas. The gay, what? But I mean, specifically. I, I, I only know like, Deep Ellum, kind of, and I know where you live. Well, this is about as fucking far right from Deep Ellum as you could get. Okay, <laughs> was, all right. This was straight up fucking big dudes would open their mouth and the fucking purse would fall out type place. You know, straight up gay town. I, I didn't know. I didn't care. Uh, but it was work. It was fucking busy back then. You know, just tattooed all day, every so, day. So you, were, so you were just tattooing your ass off? Yeah. And then you started, uh, and you how long did you work there? And then did you get a, like, you got a house and shit. I mean, or- yeah, you got, you know, a place to live and stuff, but you know, that, that's kind of where the settling down part came. Cause from that point on, I was in Dallas for good and been there ever since then now 27, whatever years. So I haven't, but other than the guest spots, 
or, you know, traveling. I've never, never left fucking the Dallas area. So if, when you left Trilogy, where, like, how did you end up start going more like downtown? Like, how did, how did you? Well, I, I worked at Trilogy for a while and then I told them that I wanted to leave to travel. And they're like, well, I don't think that's possible. And I said, well, then f- fuck you. I quit, <laughs> you know, see, I'm doing what I want. And leave forever. So I left and I was on the road for two years and I had a little business card. It's got a turtle. And I remember that. You had a pager. You had a pager fucking pager number. Pager so number for Dude, page me. Page me. Yeah. So I was no, literally, I fucking literally like basically started in a circle and just fucking circled and it got tighter. And then I remember in 95 is when that little trip came to an end. And that is when I met um, Lyle and fucking Hank for the first time and Malone for the first time. And where, where'd you meet him at? I met him at the tattoo tour in uh, Seattle, nineteen ninety five. So you're all the way the fuck up there. Yes. Is this where the trunk? Is this where you saw the trunk, or is that a no? That place? was that was a different. That was a few years later in uh, New Orleans. So where where were you how, at this timeline? Where were you before you bought your shop? This was a few years before I bought before I got Ace in the Hole. Where were you working officially before that? Like like if you yeah I'd, trilogy. No, and then you left. You were at the, so you were just going to conventions, or are you going to? Do I best? did a lot of conventions at the time. Me and me and Corey Miller, we did a lot of conventions through the nineties and the two thousands. Is that um, is that where you met the Fixer? Is that where you met Frank the Fixer, or did you meet him before? Frankly, no. Yeah, I, I met him in Dallas, just you know, at a different time. Like after I had my, um, after I got to Dallas, it, it's a little more of a different timeline there because. I was so I was in so the Seattle deal that was kind of the, that show to me was a big catalyst that kind of made everything like turn and lock in place. Okay, because that's where like I said I met Lyle and I met fucking Hank and I met you know Mike Malone and I just heard about all these motherfuckers and I knew I was going to see them there because I saw their name on the flyer. So you know you're gonna, so you went and, you- and I've always heard. Well, this is when I really got to. I never, I, I can't say I got to know him alone because I never really knew him. Like, I never hung out with him. I didn't fucking, wasn't his buddy. But as professionally, we knew each other. And that's where I met him and I had some fucking Spalding, you know, Supremes. And that's where I got him to make those Rollomatics for me originally. I gave him the machines <clears throat> and, you know, I'm getting married, so it's going to be a while. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Years go down the road to get the fucking rollomatics, but anyway, that's like a years, whole, like years went by, like five, <laughs> <laughs> four or five. Dude, but they showed up and you're all nice. No, nice. he, no, he had got a hold of me and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna have those machines in Anaheim, so you coming, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be there." Wasn't planning, but sure, of course, yeah. So that was actually the same year that they came out with the Jerry, the first Jerry sketchbooks and all that shit. So that dude took. A lot of money off me that fucking weekend. You gave him a bunch. <laughs> yeah, but no, so th- that weekend show in Seattle was just fucking cool. It was one of those shows that stands out. You'll always remember. Like it, where you dude. finally you met a bunch of people. Fucking that's where I out. met Hank, Hanky Panky. I'd heard of Hanky Panky. And I was just like, dude, Hanky Panky's like the man in fucking Europe, you know? And I'm like, dude, Amsterdam. You just heard stories of Amsterdam. You know so what I like, mean? Like, like, if you want to fucking be the deal, you go to fucking Amsterdam and tattoo. Like, that was the... So that was the goal. That was the street cred. Like, if you go and tattoo in Amsterdam and you come back to the States and talk about it, you the fucking... <laughs> you got the street cred. You know what I mean? I remember Corey talking about it, Jack, and 
all these other artists that Dave Shore, when he was in Canada, I heard him talking about it. But dude, that was, and I just remember when I first time, this is funny, I love this story. First time I ever met Hanky Panky, I'm sitting in a chair in the lobby of the hotel with a guy named Stace Maples, who was the owner of Skin and Bones Body Piercing Shop back in Dallas. And we're just bullshitting. All of a sudden, he goes, oh, hey, dude, there's fucking Hanky Panky. And I went, where? Right there. And I was like, okay, cool. He's coming in. I want to meet. He goes, yeah, I'll introduce you. I know him. Cool. And I just remember Hank walking in and just fucking beelining right past Stace. Right, right. He walked right up to the counter of the hotel. There had to have been six or seven people in line. Cut him. Just walked right up to the fucking counter and he slams his hand down and he, the name is Chief Maker. <laughs> right? And the woman, I just sitting there, I'm watching this like, the fuck's he doing? <laughs> and I just hear him, the name is Chief Maker. <laughs> and the woman goes, can I help you? The name is Chief Maker. I'm checking. And he, she goes, uh, yes, sir, there's a line. You need to go to the back of the line and Oh, okay. <laughs> he turns and walks, and that's when he started walking towards us. And then he um, saw Stace, and Stace introduced me. And what was cool is he actually, oh, yes, you the guy. You make the horseshoe machine. Yes, from Texas. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's me. So the fact that he kind of knew who I was was cool. Because he made the horseshoe machines. Yep. And then he took two of them off of me that weekend for the museum that they originally owned. They opened the the first Amsterdam museum, so he took two that two machines. Didn't you donate? Do you donate some other stuff? I did a little watercolor, one of my terrible watercolor paintings, probably because I don't ever do them. So, but <laughs> yeah, that's what he got those three things, and I I never got to go to the original museum to see it, but I've had other people see him there and stuff. So, so yeah. at so you went to that show, you met some people, you you, you were doing some stuff. At, where and then you and then after that i went back to dallas and i stayed back in dallas met this chick we started hanging out whatever and then went to work the trilogy again for a little while and then that's when phil he wanted to sell so he hit me up and we ended me and uh the girl that i was with and somebody else we ended up buying it and turning it into ace in the hall and it was in deep ellum for 10 years from 98 till January 1, 98, December uh, 2007, at the end of December. The the only thing I've ever heard anybody talking about that shop is how fucking wild the Deep Elm was and being in a shop and how it was. And I remember seeing your videos, like your fucking little home videos, but the boss man and all this other <laughs> shit, dude. It, it, was, it, was, like, it was wild. It was, it was literally like if you were to take the Wild West and put it in a tattoo setting, that's what it was. People fucking begin basically blasted out of windows, blasted out of doors, literally kicking them square in the asshole right outside of the door, you know, like I'm telling you a size 11 fucking boot right in the asshole, lifting them off the ground. And, and you know, just idiots, idiots, just, you know, people lighting cigarettes and putting them out on the carpet and you fucking punching them in the mouth. And so the- and they go right back to doing a tattoo, you know, just it was the heyday. It was the majority of of unfortunates in this industry now, if I could put them in a setting, I would put them right fucking there in the middle of Deep Ellum in fucking 1999 and watch them fucking flip out and lose their mind because they wouldn't be able to deal with it. There's no way they would be able to deal with it. Because you were saying, like, you're like, if a day go by that you didn't throw somebody out the goddamn door, like, it was pretty fucking uneventful. It was 
surprisingly. Surprisingly boring surprising. fucking day. We had, oh man, the, the best, the best worst case scenario we had there was we uh, caught a dude trying to, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm oh. about. We <laughs> caught a dude, we Love caught a guy story. that was trying to, you got okay. The thing is, is there was five tattoo shops within like a half mile. Of yeah, because it was, was crazy. So it was always people were trying to price fight this and that. How cheaper here and there, and they'd go in. They try to in the infancy of cell phone pictures, they'd go in there and try to take a picture of a piece of flash, you know. And, and that was where the we'd fuck get their off. fucking <laughs> phone and snap it in half, or you know <laughs> what I mean, and just this and that. And and so one day we caught a guy. And he was trying to cut a piece of flash out with an exacto knife. Off the fucking wall. Off the wall. <laughs> and we got him, dude. We fucking locked the front door. And this was when I had my machine shop in the back of the studio. And we brought his ass back there. And I put his fucking hand in the vice, dude. And I turned the fucking torch on and waited. And this dude literally, literally pissed his pants. Like literally crying for his life. Don't do this to me. And. Dude, we were just like, we were ready to fuck this dude up, just scaring the shit out of him. So and then the worst, and then to make everything worse, we called the cops and we had him arrested for vandalism <laughs> after we scared the shit out of him. And, dude, then, what, and then the cop comes back into me and he goes, yeah, man, you can't put people's arms in vices, dude, and turn a torch on. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, he goes, well, there's tool marks on his arm. I'm like. I don't know, I don't know what, what you're talking about, man. Like you said, what? Why? What? What made? Did you have that plan, or were you just like, no, you know, it's just a reaction now? Just, <laughs> you like you fucking put his something in a fucking vice. No, waiting it's for just the a, day. it was it's just like a fucking. fucking I know, dude. He had that vice open at all times. Open to God. I think it's because it was actually toward the back of the shop, and so, so we you just grabbed him and drug him in the back. Yeah, with it. just yeah. So that was because um, you were even showing me on the videos people trying to get wild as hell, dude, just for no fucking reason yeah dude and then so and then you have the boss man hanging out street guy yeah. all the time and then um did so did you i mean what did the cops even give a fuck around there that much they, they all knew you side. yeah yeah because you cool. tattooed them all right they were cool they knew what we done. they're drunks and they knew what was up man so but yeah so that was the beginning of ace in the hole and i and i still can't fucking Think of the goddamn name of that shop, dude. This saved my life, dude. Man. As soon as we're not doing this, you will. I'm gonna fucking text you tonight at two I'll, in the morning. I'll just plug it's it the, in. Just the name of the. By the way, this is what it was. And then yeah. I'll say. <laughs> but no, so it was. Yeah, so that was what 98 at this point in time, and uh, still no kids. And I just doing a lot of traveling. Me and Corey did a lot of traveling. Corey didn't have any kids yet, so. But he, this, stayed, he stayed in L.A. He was in L.A. Yeah, he stayed in L.A. But we always, do. we did Swear fucking him. 10 conventions a year together, me and him and when, stuff. Um, when did, when, is, is he in the Beatniks? Is he in the car club? No, Corey's not. But you are. I am part of that. How long have you been in the Beatniks? Um, I got in in 2002. So twenty. This year, May, will be 27 years. No, I've been in the club for 17. And then... Because I got in in year 10. Because you got the big purple, the big purple car, dude, the big, the big... The black and purple Lincoln. Dude, the big Lincoln. That's right. With the big seats. And there's a lot of tattooers in the car club. So there, so who's all, who, because I know you see it a lot, you know, you see... You see it all the time. It's always a purple car. Because I remember in Havasu, when I was in Havasu, I seen Brian do with the fucking just in sparkle <laughs> purple. 
right? Yep. And I was like, fuck, they all got purple cars. What's Brian was one of the first members, Brian and Jack and, you know, handful of other guys that kind of started, I guess, the, the club. How, you know? what, how many tattooers are in it? Oh, fuck, dude. Probably 75%. Holy fuck. Just that many. And it's on continents, right? It's in Australia. It's- we have members in Australia and Japan. No. And then you, the requirements, you got to have a, you, you got to have a, a purple car. Or you just got to have a gold car. And old, old car. Meet a couple other, you know. A couple other guys that might have one. Yeah. I can't tell you all. Then I'd, I'd have to fucking kill you type oh, thing. <laughs> I have to put everyone's hand in the vice. All right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> did you or did you not? get to be in the background of a Walker, Texas Ranger episode in front of the shop. I did. Fuck yeah. Do you have, and, and they also, and, and then they also shot, um, I don't remember the year it was, but they shot the new, um, the new Harley Davidson's that came out were coming out for that year. They used our shop for a background. Dude, but, so it has that fucking rose. The, the the rose, the neon rose. The neon rose and the neon skull. The big, because you had a big fucking sign, the big neon sign. I did. Right? I Ace still have it. Anybody wants to buy it, it's available. It's, a, it's, ava- it's available. <laughs> yeah. No, it's huge. It's 20 fucking feet long. Yeah, you need a, a lot of room, right? Yeah, you need like one of these fucking buildings <laughs> to put it Dude, up. Well. I mean, you let me know, dude, because I always try and buy stuff. And you're always like, yeah, dude, it's not for sale. But when it is, it's a fucking bunch. So <laughs> the way it should be. <laughs> um, when, how come you closed Deep Ellum? They actually made us close. It was, what What changed? The city rezoned it. And they just said, fuck and off. And I'm glad they did because it was blessing in disguise. So if we, I mean, you were bummed at first though, right? You were, well, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to be told what to do, but. But then when you were just out by yourself and you're like, fuck, I'm not, that responsibility. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, private studio now and everybody's. Dude, the, the most private. And everybody's happy. And how long, you have know, you had, how long have you had the private studio? Uh, 10 years almost. The same spot? Uh, you know, in the same building. Approximately. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um. So, you know, you were talking about Hank, dude, saying you were, you weren't, you, to get street cred, you had to go hang out with Hank, right? And you said you met Hank in like when? Well, I met him in 95. But it took you like 20 fucking well, years. Well, the thing to was, go. I always had, I had these, I, I hate to use, I had these artists that I've looked up to in the industry. You're right. Jack, Corey. And, you know, I always said I wanted to go to these people's shop to actually meet them and hang out with them and see them in their own environment, not at a convention. When they're having to fucking talk to everybody and whatever in their own fucking comfortable spot. And besides Jack and Corey, there was always three people after that. It was fucking Horiyoshi the three, the third, you know, um, Hank and fucking Philip Lou. Dude, so you, you So I went and saw Hank for the first time a few years back, and it was fucking rad just being out there and just it was fucking cool. And then from then, last year, December, made it out to Yokohama to meet Horiyoshi. And how, how was that? Cause I remember you saying that Amsterdam was small, that it was, it was, you said that was small. And then when you went to Japan, you said as an American, if you're walking around, you have a lot of tattoos that they'll kind of like, yeah, certain areas, man, they, they know what American, you know, to fucking straight push you out. You know, they X the arms and shoo you out like a fucking dude. Dog. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta get out. So, and it, yeah. um, so you, you got to meet Horiyoshi and you got to see the shop and stuff. Yeah. And then he ended up getting a fucking machine for me for his museum. Yeah. Fucking. And they put it up, put it right there next to Malone's man. Is the, what is the museum like? 
It's tiny. It's just little. Tiny, dude. It can barely fit through the door. But it's just got it's tons, tons and stuff, tons of stuff. It's fucking packed to the gills. Like every square inch of that place covered with something. is covered with something from somebody. That's awesome. What and then how how was because uh, you said Hank had an, a, a museum originally. It, it was somewhere. I else. never got to see the museums at Hank. That's the thing. Is he? I've seen stuff that he has. Like I've seen the shit that was in it, like in his house and stuff. But, but he's I got never, so much. Oh my god, he's yeah. It's because he was like you know, and then Lyle had so much also, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've been to Lyle's thing only a couple times. I never really, I didn't do San Francisco. That was never like San Francisco was back in the shit that, you know, late, late, early, mid nineties, late nineties. That was like the Mecca for tattooing. Yeah. That that was was where Hardy and Eddie Deutsch and fucking all these badasses were were. crazy shit. Exactly. And I never really got into it up there. I never, I went and visited a couple of times, but I never went up there to work. I never had an interest in San Francisco for some reason. Did San Diego a little bit, went and worked down there, but never in Frisco. Never, other than a convention or two, never tattooed up in Frisco. What, um, so you, so you, so you finished the three, dude. You, 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 you it took you so it did. Years. So yeah, so Horiyoshi was back there back in December. And, uh, just recently, fucking went out to Switzerland. You met the dragon. And fucking met the the fucking grand dragon. You met the original fucking dragon, Philip Lou, dude. And now I'll tell you that is that is some fucking dedication to get to that shop. Whether you're just going to say hello or you're going to get tattooed, I mean that is it. Ain't hey, I'm going to fly here and get a rent a car and come see you. It is. You're driving your ass into the fucking Alps. You're driving through villages. You're getting stuck in the fucking snow. You're you're doing some shit. <laughs> doing some shit, dude, to go see this man. And the thing is, what was super cool about it is I think he realizes that because he treats everybody fucking great. Like if you showed up, so it, it took you a lot. So accommodating that he know because the dude 99% of the tattoos he does are people that fly in from a different country. Every goddamn day, not once a week, every fucking day, somebody new from a different country is coming to get tattooed by that guy. And they're there to get like half their fucking life. Yeah, tattooed. they're doing like, well, just, just in the day and a half we were there, there was another dude from the States there. There was a guy from Amsterdam there. There was a guy from fucking, uh, uh, I don't remember where, well, he was from like somewhere in Switzerland. There was, a, and then the next day, there was a, a dude from Chile, a girl from Argentina. Just, that's so. They just fucking, fucking show up and they all got backpacks. They're like they're like backpacking through Europe and they put fucking Philip Shop on the route to stop and pay their respects, say hello, talk to him, get tattooed, make an appointment. You know, just something to fucking. And when when you were there, he was working on huge shit too. He was you know, no, he, not too much, man. He did a. Um, dude's throat and then he did some other some other stuff but it wasn't none of those i mean we didn't see him work on any of those giant body suits or nothing like that that and he it, was doing is it, it what's what's the shop i mean is it it's is old it, a little like a little house that's it just, just a little, little does it have a flat. huge ass sign or just got a little sign it's got a sticker dude on the mailbox. fucking goddamn that's it because <laughs> it, you sent me horiyoshis and it was like tattoo tattoo that's and it. it was all like the size of your hand tattoo 
No, dude, it's just a straight, proper tattoo fucking parlor. One of those shops you walk in and you get inspired. Like, like it feels good. Feels. Like, yeah, man. Like you could tell the shit is real here, you know, and that and that is unfortunately what I think is lacking. And now it's the whole You're you're miss you're you're missing the you know the the grit, I don't know, and the, the grime, and the it, fucking yeah, just the whole. Just, I guess, I guess, I got the, nothing. I have nothing against people that have fucking like hospital type shops. I mean, those are they're fine to work in. I have no issue with that. But there's something about just an old school fucking tattoo parlor dude, that smells like green soap and A and D brand A and D ointment. Well, you're catering to a certain client too. Like, there's a certain kind of person that you want to attract, well, yeah, and, and yeah. that you, you know. But when you walk into a tattoo shop, you go, "This feels fucking good." You know what I mean? No, exactly. That, that. That, and I'll tell you, that's what Corey shop is like. You walk in, you go, "Fucking tight." You feels talk good. to anybody that's ever been to Corey shop, they walk in there and they're like, "Holy fuck, this is real deal." Like it's a tattoo well, you, parlor. You know the like, shops like they're like lived in. Like they like they've been tattooing in there for a long. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. There's history. Yeah. You could tell that there's some history going on. Like that shop is important. That shop needs to be here, and people need to see it. You need to visit. That's one of those shops that I think every tattooer needs to visit at some point. You know what I mean? Even Jack's, even Jack's shop. I mean, Jack's shop's not the greatest, but it's fucking tattoo land, though, man. I mean, that's. This is a second look. That's, That's the second. third. This is good time. Charlie's tattoo land, dude. Like, fuck, dude. Like, you have the chance now to still You can say still go to it. You went and visited tattoo land while it was still there. Eventually, you ain't going to have that option. Yeah, because I, I remember you uh, you saying it because you're like, yeah, I'm going to Switzerland. And then you're like, well, you know, like, this shit ain't always just going to be fucking waiting around for you to go and do it. Dude, all, you know, unfortunately, with all the people fucking checking out recently. Lyle and fucking Bill Salmon and what a Rick Walters and it yeah. sucks that those dudes die, of course. But it's inevitable you get to that age. Where you're getting to that generation. But it's not even that. It's what I feel I feel bad that those guys are gone, but what I feel bad is the people that are never gonna get to hear their stories. They're not they're never gonna get to sit at that dinner table with Rick or or Lyle and listen to them fucking talk shit dude you know like they're they're gone those stories are fucking gone dude they're gone forever and and you know and it sucks because i'm i'm not old but i've been doing this a long time and i'm to that point now where it's going to start happening people that i know are gonna well it's they're gonna start checking off a list here man it it, it, because i had posted about it and i was like dude like if you don't understand like how crazy that fucking is that's a that's a fucking huge chunk of tattooing it's just gone. So any any shit that's not, I mean, you know, you're gonna know people that know him. But the thing, here's the thing: I talk to Jack about this on a, on a regular basis, Jack Rudy, and we've come to this conclusion of something. And there, there's there's a type of person out there that has one of these one of these two disorders. <laughs> we call them a disorder, and in the worst case scenario, they have both of them. Okay, you have the fucking, the new age fucking tat. These are all these new age fucking jerk off tattooers that I'm talking about now. You have these clowns that either don't know, right? Or they don't care. Or the worst case scenario is they don't know and they don't fucking care. Because I can deal with somebody that doesn't know 
like you. You didn't fucking know about all this shit, but you wanted to know. Yeah. I know a lot of tattoo artists that are coming into the industry that, hey, man, I don't really know about this, but tell me about it. They at least want to fucking know. But then you have those ones that they don't fucking care to know. Like, I don't fucking want to know about Lyle Tuttle. I don't want to know about Jack. I don't want to know about these guys. And those are the kind of guys I literally want to just fucking toss the fuck out in the street. You're going to pitch off a balcony? No, for real. Like, those people, those people do not, I do not think they deserve to be in this industry. I think it was, I haven't been tattooing that long compared to a lot of people. You know, you hear people, you know, like, how long has Corey been tattooing? Fucking 37, 38 years probably. I'm 30 years old, and I've only been tattooing for 15 years. And when I started tattooing it was like you were saying you know well, that was a big change in the early 90s that was a big change you know the next big change is when um you know it, it was starting to go on tv and you were starting to see uh the internet be like because you know you had like you're saying you had pages with the or you had cards with the pager number on it and and before that the internet was kind of just a piece of shit like it wasn't real workable for tattoos there was like a few sites but you weren't cruising on it you know no, no there was absolutely the internet had nothing to do with tattooing until you got to the point where search engines came along where you could pull up a picture of something and print it out rather than go to the library. And that's when, cause I, I thought. Or I, have reference books. It, cause at that point you would have a magazine. And if, and if you were a guy in a magazine to me, that's probably the best dude. That's the best dude. Cause he was in the magazine. That that's the how you dude. did. That's how you only advertise. You would have to, I, you would have to make a, a letter, Write a letter and you'd have to send it to the editor with a stack of photos and hope they fucking used it. I remember a lot of uh, old, uh, people were telling me they said the worst thing in the world was getting, sending your photos, them publishing it, and then saying another guy did it. Yeah, that's the only time I ever got published <laughs> yeah. that happened to me. I was exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude, this other guy did it. If they put my name on it, yeah. that would have been the best. Um, I thought being, uh, being a tattooer at all, you were, you were a fucking magical wizard. And that was. The bet, like you, you, I didn't know how you got famous. I thought, oh, you just get into a magazine and now you're just famous to tattooers because still nobody. That's gives the a thing, shit. dude. The, the, the tattoo world is only the tattoo world. Yeah. To, to anybody else, nobody gives a shit about fucking Philip Lou or Jack Rudy on the fucking on the streets of Daily Wherever. Nobody knows who these guys are. But you got to think those guys back then though didn't do it to get no. known or famous. But or it didn't. What like I'm that. saying is it didn't. It, it wasn't really. I didn't. I didn't know that was a goal to choose from. I didn't, I didn't know that you'd be like, Hey, you know, cause they, the only people I ever met that don't give a shit about old tattoo stuff is the same people that think like, um, you win if you get more famous in tattooing. And I was like, you only win if you make more money in tattooing. You don't win if you get famous because I know dudes that are famous that don't make a fucking lot of money in tattooing. So, you it, know, it, it just depends on your outlook, man. There's, there's, I, I know people that, tattoo for fucking free and they they're they're finding they're they're challenging themselves against themselves they just want to do something better than the next one that they just did you know what i mean those yeah. the, those people i don't know how they fucking survive but i don't fucking care really but the thing is is it's right now i think that there's tattooers out there that are so fucking good like so good dude that they're on such a neck, they're on such a level that people from my generation and others will never, never be able to comprehend. You cannot, you cannot 
look at it and go, that's real. Like that should not be real from what I've learned and what I've used. That should not be possible to do on a fucking human being's skin. Granted, it's probably not going to last. And we all know that. But still, they fucking did it. The shit that Nico Hurtado does and that dude Ralph from fucking Germany. And, oh, and you were all saying. these, that home dude, the fucking dude Vega or whatever. The home oh, dude. The, the crazy. You were saying from him, Austin. And they're dude, fucking what's his insane. name? Joe Mike Vega or what's his name? I, the, I don't know, but the portrait. Dude, the motherfucker. Like goddamn photograph. Like you literally look at it and just like, how? Where do you even start that first stroke of that thing? How do you. And that's when you think, I go, I think I know a lot about tattooing. <laughs> I think I know a lot about how machines work. And then you look at that and you go, I don't know shit, dude. Like, I don't know shit. But that's, that's where you have to just accept it. Like, you accept your role in this industry of who you are and what you fucking are part of, you know. And my part of this industry is my little part. I sit in my little hole in the wall and I do my fucking you know, mediocre or whatever fucking tattoos. And I build my little fucking tap machines and, and for a certain niche of people, I fit their little niche for other people. I don't. And, and I'm okay with that. And you know what I mean? As long, but, but, but I don't, but I, what I can't stand is the disrespectful fucking. The, well, not, well, that's what I was saying is, is, is people don't realize the care. Cause I was like, well, I, it was clear, at least in my mind, I was fortunate that, you know, being a tattoo or being in a tattoo shop at all, that was pinnacle. So hearing about it and hearing about other people and especially like hearsay, because back when I was starting, it was like magical hearsay from 25 fucking people. They were like, hey, I met that guy. This is how he makes gray wash. And I was like, fucking tell me. this." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was so cool to see other tattoo shops, you know, and you go to other shops and you hear about these dudes and, um, you know, but for you, you're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, all those dudes were dudes. You just knew like how I know Josh or I know you. Like it was just, yeah, we were just tattooing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like it a wasn't a popularity thing. It wasn't, wasn't I wasn't plan. going around and saying, I know so-and-so or I know so-and-so. Now in certain situations, like if you wanted to get a guest gig somewhere, hey, I'm it's, buddies with so-and-so. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it would grease the wheels a little bit, but. Would they, would they talk about, because, because, okay. So if you're telling me your timeline, you're like, yeah, I've been tattooing for this long. This is what was going on when I was tattooing. Were you meeting people that were older? And they're like, when I was tattooing, it was fucking, this was going on. That was going on. Okay. Those, those conversations we were talking about, like, uh, stencils, thermofaxes, pre-made needles. Yeah. That's what we were talking about to those guys. And they were like, like Charlie Cartwright. Oh yeah, back in my day, we had this colors ink and this and this, and you know, we didn't. And that that's what we talked about. Now it's like, oh yeah, this is the kind of ink that I used back then, and this is how I did my shit. And then, well, this is what I use now. I use this thing, and it's this fucking rotisserie fucking machine, or this and that, you know. And <laughs> uh, this is how I do my thing, you know. And then those, and that's a whole new duty. Fucking get me started. On those but, fucking but it's turns. never, I, I mean, so when you were asking, but, but I mean, it's just cause you just gave a fuck about, you know, you wanted to know about tech. I wanted to learn. Yeah. I wanted for myself. Like I was, I'm one of those people that is in competition with myself. I, I never, I've luckily learned from enough guys where they said, don't try to be so-and-so take what you need from this person and that person and fucking make it your own. 
do your own style, your own thing. You're not going to be as good as this person, but be as good, you know, be as good as you possibly could fucking be. Don't try to copy his work because he already does that. You know what I mean? And that's what I think a lot of problem was back then. Like people were looking at Guy. Oh, yeah. You know, Guy Addison and fucking Aaron Kane back then. And they were trying to copy the biomech. Dude, you can't fucking out fucking biomech Atchison and Aaron Kane. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't going to fucking happen, man. But certain people took that shit and did their own thing and came up with their own style. And you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. It kind of looks a little different than so-and-so. So you can look at it and tell this is so-and-so, you know what I mean? When, so I always like talking to you about this stuff. Cause like, to me, it's like, yeah, I've seen that guy and I've seen that guy and you'll see, and you'll show, you'll send me people and you're like, look at this fucking guy. And that's like right now. But when Jack was tattooing, it was fucking, it was for, you know, and it's still phenomenal, but right at that time, it was fucking insane. They, they were doing these portraits. Everything was so smooth and people couldn't figure out how to, how to get, tattoo you know how to get gray that fucking smooth Mm -hmm. you know and um when you saw like guy atchison when everybody saw guy atchison where you just fucking blow you away mind-blowing dude you're like Like, what the fuck is going on my it was my mind like bold lines crazy material the material is what it was it was because it went because i've seen that style that guy atchison style um, Richard Stell was doing it back in Dallas in the early nineties or, or the uh, late nineties. Are, stuff are like you that. talking pre biomechanics stuff or is no Richard actually had his own version of bio, a whole bunch of his shit all over my arm. Um, but he, that was what, so, so coming from LA, they had the just typical flash tattoos, fucking outline, some color the fuck out. You know what I mean? That was it. <laughs> that was how you tattooed. But you had good ass lettering. You know, you yeah. walk in, it's like, hey, uh, what can what can I get for like 10 bucks? It's like you can get the fuck out, dude. That's what you could get, you know? Or it's like, hey, I got 50 bucks. I want to get this. All right, there, there's something like that right there. Do you like it? Yeah, okay. Sit down, let's fucking do it. You fucking whip it out, boom, boom, boom. There's your little fucking heart with your little rose and your fucking fucking scram you know you did it that the was mil- it. the million dollar rose. that's all it was it was never once did you think oh, i'm gonna draw some i'm gonna do this there was a very few people doing that that you had access to see but that wasn't even a mindset no then i left went to texas that's when i met fucking richard stell and i saw the shit he was doing and i went whoa I'm like what the fuck is this where'd this fucking dude come from and he was doing these crazy monsters and just these crazy things, but they had this bold outline, heavy black shading, bright color right off the shading. And I went, that's not supposed to be like that. That's I've never seen that before. So I was immediately gravitated to him and I started seeing that style. And I thought that was fucking top of the line, man. And then I run into fuck. You mentioned earlier, Mr. Frank Lee, the fixer, dude, that, and that guy, he could draw fucking good, dude. That guy did it. That guy was, in every sense of a word, the fucking perfect storm of artist slash tattooer that you can mesh together and put together as a person. He was a fine artist. He knew art history. He knew art theory. He fucking studied fucking Caravaggio for fucking light sources. You know what I mean? Who the fuck studies? Caravaggio for light sources on pinup girls and shit. Frank Lee did. 
And I saw him do shit with color that, holy fuck, this motherfucker can blend blue and purple and make it look good. Holy shit, man. He did a lot of the new. Dude, he was doing shit. And I had seen his name on Flash. But I never thought, you know, I'm gonna meet this guy one day. You know what I mean? Like, and then when I meet him, he's like my age. I'm like, motherfucker, you're <laughs> you're, like, you're younger than me. What the what the fuck, man? And then we become buddies, and he works for me, and that's even cooler because now it's like you're there all the time. I got my own motherfucking goddamn encyclopedia Hell that's yeah. sitting to look over his shoulder anytime I want, and and I'm not embarrassed to say it, but there's been several times. Hey, Frank. Fucking draw this for me real quick, homie, for my appointment. <laughs> hey, yeah, we know about that, huh? Huh, Randy? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Eric, can you draw me one of the money roses real quick, dude? dude I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have, I'll, I forgot to have you tattooed on me so I could just trace it for my lifetime. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it ever again. No, but I just, I just remember, the, see, those things, those were the invaluable times. If you sit back and look at it, like, I got to work with fucking Frankly. I got to work and see Richard Stell. I got to do this. Very few people in the big picture got to do that. You know what I mean? They were a fan. Oh, frankly, you know what I mean? Like they didn't know the guy as a person. Like they didn't have him sleep at their house. They didn't take vacations with him. You know what I mean? They didn't go to sh- conventions together and do all that. It was always about seeing the fan and then seeing the friend. It was total a different side of, of the whole, and what, the whole industry. What, um, what was Frank like? Like, cause I, I know you, you'll tell me a little bit about it, but you're just, you know, he was you your a- typical fucking introverted, whacked out fucking crazy artist. Like in every sense of the word, you know, dude would be fucking staying up till three or four in the morning, eating fucking Skittles and drawing, you know, Hey, Big E, lock me in the fucking shop tonight, dude. I want to paint this door with one shot. I've never used one shot. Okay. And I come the next morning, this fucking badass, full door, you know, with a chick, keep the fuck out, naked Frank Lee girl. I'm like, motherfucker. And I'm in the back, and Frank's still wide awake. I was like, dude, you not slept? No, I've just been hanging out. I didn't want to leave and set the alarm off. Like, motherfucker, the alarm was never on, dude. It would have went off when you were painting the thing. Oh, really? I could have left. I'm like, yeah, you could have left. could have left. But that, that was Frank. But he hooked you up. Always. And the, the dude never, the, he never wore underwear. And his pants were always falling down, dude. And he, dude, he'd be fucking, his fucking top of his root be hanging out, dude. Always, man. Always. He got in a plane one time and he's like trying to put his bag on top of the goddamn, uh, in the luggage container <laughs> and his fucking pants are falling down and it's like right <laughs> this dude's <laughs> fucking mug and he's trying to pull it. this guy's like pushing it back and his fucking junk is like right there and i'm just like god dude i'm so glad to know this guy like he's fucking sick. you were telling me he went to the time and tucked his dick in at the bar because they were oh and yeah that that the whole uh another can neither confirm nor deny that the, just, the naked frank lee story in new orleans at the bar and yeah, they the lucky chains where the the chicks are dressed up like the dudes are dressed up like chicks and fucking frankly run around naked in the middle of a restaurant <laughs> during business hours, you know, <laughs> fucking little pumpkin on his junk, dude. And certain people were there, so they'll they'll remember they'll remember that um, show. And because you've shown me a lot of his flash, you have a fuckload of drawings. I do. He, he could he could draw so good. He yes. could draw so fucking good. Him, I think him. Um, and Judy Parker 
are the two most naturally talented artists oh, did that she? I've ever ran into in this business. Her flash. She awesome. The best. Everything. 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 Anything you want, she'll she'll draw. Hey Judy, can you draw me as you? Yeah, sure. She'll draw it in a few seconds. There you go. And you're like, holy fuck, that really is me as you. Like, but yeah, she was she she's one of the first women of tattooing, and people still don't know. Who she, that's the thing. She didn't, they don't fucking know who she is, and it sucks. You know, it's sad that people are trying to figure out who Judy Parker is, and they should know. I remember seeing the Flash, dude, because she had the best signature, dude. She had, like, a logo, but it's a signature, and it was always fucking slick, dude. Looks slick. Yeah, man. And then the Frank Lee Flash had a lot, and his shit was always wild. It, it, he, he did, like, a, a lot. It seems like a lot of the, the, the new school stuff, and he was... It was, was dude, but it was it. it wasn't considered new, like new school. Didn't have a name back then. He was just doing that shit. Yeah, it was just it Is was just that- a. It, we're still trying to figure out. I still try to figure out who the fuck puts these names on shit. Tramp stamp and fucking new school and you know who comes up with these names because I know I the fuck don't. I don't. Yeah, who call, was the first person? Like, who that called like, that? A, who called school. a lower back tat a tramp stamp? I, I never know. once I've, used that I've term fucking, in my life. I, I just, fucking heard about it. All know? I ever called it. All I ever called that was a fucking mortgage payment. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't fucking call it anything. And I, dude, I still see him. Hey, lady, is that a fucking son with some tribal on your back? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. 1992 called. They want their fucking tattoo back, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need to stock back up on the thing, man. They know the uh, the um, they were doing stuff that wasn't a style sort of. Thing. He was just doing whatever whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Yeah, that's just who he did him. That's what I mean. He was an original, and people looked at him and tried to be him. Was he? Did he move to Florida? He's originally from Cleveland. His mom tattooed and his stepdad tattooed, and I think his mom still has a tattoo shop up there. But originally did- from Cleveland, and then he went down to Florida. Okay, and then um. But he did extensive travel too, like through. He's all around everywhere. He hung out with Philip and fucking Mick from Zurich and Luke Atkinson and all them fucking European dudes, man. That's where he picked up a lot of that style from. Down, worked a lot in Brazil. Because when you, because I mean, you went over there, dude, it was just the secrets to the gate and you just saw all, all kinds of shit that you didn't the, the, see. Those shops over there are the shops that you go in there and you just shut the fuck up and you look and you listen. And you remember, <laughs> or you take a lot of pictures and video and hope it doesn't bother them. Cause you know what I mean? That's where you, that's those places that, that you do that. You just sit there and shut up and let these guys do their thing. And you just watch them, you know? And then, you know, luckily Philip was like, Hey, come here, check it out. And you bust out a box of machines. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Now we're on the same level here. Cause I know what I'm talking about, you know, but I wasn't expecting any of that shit. I was expecting, hey, how you doing? What's up? I'm busy. Fucking sit down. But you know? Yeah, because you're saying you're playing goddamn board games. You're fucking. Dude, we're playing backgammon and eating chicken and fucking breaking bread and drinking shots of some fucking what they considered good tequila out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what you know, I'm not gonna be rude. I'll I'll drink tequila, whatever. So yeah, man, that's that's definitely a I honestly think at this point, highlight of my career, like at the top, man, being able, being able to go there, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I know people that are way more than me in this, and they, they've never been there. They've never, Jack's never been there. Corey's never been there. But you're saying they were texting you. But my dumb ass 
went there. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, you went- and Corey's like, you motherfucker, dude. I can't believe you're at fucking Philip's shop right now, dude. I've never even been there and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, and fucking clean. Dude, are you really at Philip's shop right now? Dude, that's so fucking rad. Like, that's what I've always looked for in this business was the appreciation from the peers, not the public. I don't give a fuck what the public thinks of me. But when you get another tattooer that acknowledges something that you do, that and you and you already look at them like, you know what I mean? When I've when Jack will text me, hey man, that was a fucking cool tattoo you did. That's the best thing dude, in that's life. Like, fuck, <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, it's just, you know, it's like I don't need that hat on the back to, you know what I mean? But it's just still nice to know that I still got a few of those tattoos left in stock that people can admire, you know, and and stuff like that. Or, 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 or these are the guys that taught you. So when they say something to you, you know, He's, or, oh, yeah, dude, or people like Robert Atkinson or they, hey, man, that was fucking cool. You know what I mean? They go out of their way to say that. That's yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. When it's some client, oh, rad tattoo. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you think about this <laughs> tattoo who gives a shit what you think you know what i mean i don't you know like yeah you get those likes and dude i don't care about likes or followers or any of that shit when you uh or when i travel around i'll try and hit you up and i'm like hey who should i go meet you're like you need to go find this guy and i'm like all right and they treat you like dog shit when you walk in fucking hate me hey i went into that shop and they cool guy i went in there and they don't care at all about my existence and you're like perfect <laughs> you're like tight <laughs> i was like yeah i went and met him doesn't like me at all doesn't give a fuck doesn't care what i'm peddling doesn't give a fuck call it a bunch of jive <laughs> you're all phenomenal that's exactly what i wanted hopefully dude i've invited you to come to these places man you yeah well we see i i tried to go to california got scared i think it's scared shit, I, I shit got mixed got, up because i called you and said hey i'm still gonna go and you're like well you're fucking a bunch of shit up now so now we're gonna have to fucking have to do that some other time but i went and i met uh when i went and met randy moeller and I was, I was like yeah i went and met him you know and you're like damn dude that that's cool started. yeah that's fucking cool you know randy moeller old school that's an old school fucking new orleans dude, that's that dude is fucking the swamp wizard <laughs> Dude, that was. See, you know, these are guys that have been there. That's a lot of things. You got these tattooers, they move. They're here for two years. They're there for two. How the fuck do you, how can you make an existence when you hop around all these fucking places? I don't understand that. Like, I don't, I've had the same fucking phone number for 15 goddamn or 20 goddamn years. You know, I don't understand how you can, how do you make a clientele when you, you know, I've been in Dallas for 20 something years and I mean, I got a decent clientele, but it's not bulletproof. I mean, there's weeks where I got one appointment or yeah, something you, like that, you know? like. But you're at the dude. point where you're tattooing like goddamn generations of families and shit where you're tattooing. Like, I'm at the point of tattooing. I'm ready to fucking stop, man. I'm ready to be dude. done with this. Dude. <laughs> That's when you started deciding, you're like, hey, I'm going to go to Greece and I'm going to go to Mexico and I'm going to go to Australia. And I was like, yeah, what are you And then doing? one of these days, I'm not going to come back from right. one of them, man. <laughs> hey, I'm going to fucking here. Never coming back. Pretty, Fuck pretty. It. That's if, if, if you ever find out that my dogs are gone, that means they're with fucking me and fun. I ain't coming back, bro. So I can have your tattoo shit. Dude. You'll never, it'll be fucking put away somewhere. Dude, he's going to be buried with all yeah, of it. Yeah, because I remember you telling me, I said, hey, when you die, can I have some of this? Like, I was playing on your death with you, and I said, hey, I can for sure have some of this, right? And you go, 
no, I'm having it all buried with me. <laughs> You're like, no, it's going to be hard because I'm having it all fucking buried with it's me. It's going to be the Viking funeral in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> all- you better learn how to scuba yeah. dive or you better get fucking... What fucking James Cameron to take you down in the shit that saw the Titanic? <laughs> Put the little claw and you could grab the machine from the bottom of the floor. Dude. Yeah, like if you can get it, because I I mixed the fucking five gallon bucket of concrete and put them all in there, dude. dude. The fucking I am asshole enough to do that, dude. <laughs> I don't want nobody to have this. And I look at it, it's like they didn't fucking deserve it. Why do they need to have it? I'm the one that trekked it all down and spent the money, or well, you know, fucking stole it or done do something, dude. You'll, you'll send me like, hey. Check this out, dude. Or like, yo, pull it out of the pocket. Dude. Yeah. Fucking Philip did that, dude. With he pulled me. the machine out of the pocket. No, he did even better. He came to me. We were by ourselves in the room and he goes, Hey, man. And this is how he talks. Hey, Eric, you got to wear glasses yet? I'm like, No, man. I don't. What do you mean? I don't. What are you talking about? Do you wear glasses? Do you wear glasses, Philip? Well, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I don't know. I don't know. He goes, Well, check it out. And he reaches his pocket. And he pulls out just a little tip corner of some glasses out of his pocket. And he goes, I got to wear glasses. I go, yes, so do I. <laughs> you had them? We didn't, nobody wanted to fess up to it first, man. But nah, dude, it was, I can't, I can't talk about that enough, especially because it's just fucking recent, you know, within yeah, a few. Yeah, well, you were, you were telling me how cool it was. Within a few mo- weeks, you know, but I still just, I'm sitting there telling myself, fuck, dude. Like, he gave me his book of claw, the dragon claw book. Yeah. He gave me that. And I'm looking through it, and I'm still going, holy fuck, dude. I was just in a fucking village of a few thousand people where fucking Philip Lou's shop is, and I was hanging out there and homing it up with the dude, and, you know, and he's being cool, and he's talking to me, and he's teaching me, and he's letting me learn shit, and. Like, how the fuck does that, why do I deserve that? You know, why, why did, I didn't fucking do anything to except get a plane ticket, dude, you rent just a car, you know? Seven planes, five cars, walk five miles, dude, that's it. Dude, the it ultimate was... internet troll disguised as a tat pilgrimage. Dude. <laughs> dude, it was, it was, it literally was like, put it this way, I told Jack about it, and Jack is the ultimate shit talker. Yeah, I and when, and when Jack, and when Jack, when I tell him and he goes, yeah, Holmes, that's really fucking cool, dude. I'm happy for you. When he's sincere, he's really sincere. Otherwise, he would have been like, ah, what the fuck ever. Anybody could, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like he would have been talking shit, but he knew like that was like, he's never done it. He's never, never made you know, it. fucking Philip forever. He's never been over there. Never. Because they have a split sheets, dude. Hey, yeah, Philip told me about that set of What's flash, up dude. with them? Because yeah, I- he goes, you know. I kind of gave Jack a taste of his own medicine. I, he was hitting me up for those drawings, and I, I literally made him wait till the last minute so he could see what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he sent it. He goes, I finally sent it out to him and stuff. And then it took him several months to get it printed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fucking Jack, dude. So, dude, well, yeah. here's voicemails of encouragement, dude. Oh, dude. dude. It makes me feel good because you do that to me. So I feel real good. I feel real good. Feel <laughs> when I just, sit there just and just talk fucking, some shit on something. I feel just fine, dude. When he calls you up and he's like pretty much saying fuck you seven different ways. Dude, <laughs> making fun of you the whole time. It's like a 10-minute fucking voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You've heard him like, dude, Jack called me. I haven't listened to it yet. You want to hear it? Yes. Yes, I fucking do. <laughs> and we're sitting there. And what is he talking about? What was he talking about when he? I asked him to draw your shirt? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember I said, hey. Do you want like whiskers or you wanted a, a fucking beard or 
What is he? What is like, he what, want? what the fuck is our wizard? <laughs> he was saying something. I don't remember what he was saying, but it was fucking. Funny. Oh, I remember the elusive thing where you're like, how if it's so elusive? Yo, yeah. How do you fucking? Say, just, say, if you say, can say, get Stewie, it, what do you think of this guy's machines? He calls them elusive. He goes, well, I don't understand the name. What do you mean? He goes, well, if they were elusive, how the fuck can you get them? Because the whole term of being elusive is not to be acquired or caught. They should be acquired machines or, you know, have my machines or something, but not elusive. <laughs> Just turn it all into this analytical fucking Jack is the George Carlin of fucking tattooers, you know, just. Wait, I remember you called him one day, dude, and he was like paying his cable bill or something. <laughs> just and talked about like, it. He's just talking so much shit yeah. about these motherfuckers and he's going to pay his cable bill like in person. <laughs> you know, like stop talking on the phone. Don't even hold on. I'm going to talk the whole time. You stay on the line and just fucking, I don't understand. Explain to me so I understand why. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> See, that that right there is a perfect example how people will never get to know that about that guy. I think the, uh, I don't I don't want to talk about it because I want to save the joke for myself. Yeah. What joke is when that? When I meet him, dude, when I ask him about fucking our, our, with Independence Day. Oh, dude, dude, don't even. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you better pack a lunch for that fucking conversation, man. Because I remember when the last time I told you, it's like, hey, let's call Jack. And we were dropping Allen wrenches in your kitchen and fucking making machines of parts you didn't have. And you were trying to make a machine probably the hardest way possible. <laughs> and so we're fucking trying to do this what shit. What were we talking about? We were talking about a bunch of bullshit, dude, because you have all this artwork in your whole house. And you're like, yeah, fucking Jesus painted that, whatever. <laughs> fucking whoever. There's a stack of fucking. Just that's Sailor Jerry's birth certificate. I use, <laughs> I use that for some other shit. Listen, let's call Jack. And I was like, okay. And I put on a speaker and you were like, hey, Jack, what's up? And Jack's like, let's talk about a lot of stuff you're not going to talk about right now. But what were we talking about? You were talking about, you were just asking about, you know, we're, he was talking about, uh, we were talking about something. Oh, no. He was saying, well, if you want to get tattooed, you could just come get tattooed. But if, you know, he goes, but when I stop, I don't want to hear. He goes, then everyone will want to get tattooed. He goes, maybe I'll just say I'll stop. And then everyone will come get tattooed. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's what it was. It was the whole, his, his theory. You know, one day I'm just going to stop doing this. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to fucking stop. And everyone's going to wonder what happened to Jack Rudy. And I said, yeah. And then what? He goes, you know, I just won't do it. But then when somebody does want it, I'll be like, well, where the fuck were you when I was sitting there <laughs> with no appointments to do and stuff like that? Now that you want it, it's triple the price. You know, and I then I'm like, but Jack, you know, there's people out there that tattoo as good or better than you now for a third of the price. Yeah, but, you know, it's not a Jack Rudy tattoo. And I said, yeah, I know, but that excuse ain't going to fucking work for the rest of your <laughs> life, man. You know, there's there's only so many people that want a Jack Rudy tattoo. You know what I mean? And yeah, they're they're uh, again. There's so many good tattooers, but you know, I don't think you pay for Jack's tattoos. I think because I think I, you pay for what else you get with it. The you only get time, the, whatever you, Jack's tattoos are like the fucking steak, and then his antics are all the side dishes, and that's what you pay for is all the fucking side dishes that you get from back in the day when. All right, dude, I'm gonna get tattooed by Jack. Hey, man. When he's not looking, go over there and unplug the fucking phone, dude. Because if the fucking phone rings, fucking forget it, dude. He'll be on that motherfucker all night. <laughs> and it's and, and and I remember, I remember specifically, 
I think Corey was going, he's got this really badass sacred heart on his forearm by Jack. Or no, on the back of his arm that Jack did. And I remember him saying, I'm going in there to get tattooed by Jack. And, this, and I remember that night fucking wearing Jack's phone out, dude. Just fucking calling <laughs> you were, you were fucking it all calling. night, dude. And then, and, and then finally, and then finally, like Jack said, Oh yeah, that was Eric. And I just heard Corey, that motherfucker dude in the background, you know, and then he called me and thinks, dude, you kept me there next year, like three hours, dude, talking on the phone. And I'm like, that was the idea. You got to lock the door. If somebody comes in, he'll fucking talk to him. And, so, and if the word, if somebody calls and talks to him about cars or something. You oh, know, I remember him telling you, he was like, Hey, Eric. And he was started telling you about cars. He's like, let's talk. He's like, you know, you really need to, but he had a checklist. He's like, you need to look into it. And you're like, okay. And he's like, I'm serious. You need to look it up right now. And I need you to discuss it with yourself for quite a while. And he's like, also, here's seven books you need to read right now. And you're like, yeah, sure. Got oh, it. That's no problem. It, no problem. I'm definitely going to do It was that. about the, I remember now. No, he yeah. wanted you to read like seven books. And I was laughing my fucking ass off because you were not going to read seven books. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> Unfortunately, I still, I still respect and appreciate Jack, but I've, I've, you know, I'm going to be the guy that stands up at his funeral one day and I'm going to fucking unroll a, a fucking list. A scroll, dude. A scroll, and I'm going to be like, okay, listen. <laughs> Since I've known this man, I have wasted 337 <laughs> hours of my life. At $200 an hour, Jack, somehow from the grave, you owe me this much fucking money still. <laughs> Literally wasted waiting for you at dinner fucking waiting for you at stores the worst thing is you never if jack ever says hey man can you run me by the store to get some supplies just ask him what he wants and go get it when he's sleeping for him <laughs> you because if you sleeping. or at minimum 7-eleven four aisles that's it because he will walk up every aisle up and down and look up and down every item <laughs> Even, you know, you go to a store, like you say, you go to 7-Eleven, you want a bottle of water. You know where the fuck the, you go to the back, you grab it from the fridge, you get the fuck out. Nope. He'll walk in and walk up every single aisle just in case something that he needs is there and it catches his eye. And I've had people, oh, I'll take them to Walmart. I'm like, oh my God, there goes my night, dude. Like, I'm going to take a fuck, catch a ride home from somebody else. Dude, they've had, I've had, I've had people Tell me, dude, you were right. He had me in Walmart for four hours, dude. <laughs> you don't know what he bought? A bag of fucking Pringles and some fucking peanuts and like some sodas. And that was it. And I'm like, I know. He walks up and down every aisle, still? dude. Is this still? So you know without a doubt. Still. I can, right I can give you the Jack Rudy scenario. If he was to fly into Oklahoma City tomorrow and I'll be like, okay, you're going to see him get off that plane. He's going to have on black jeans, flip-flops, going to have a purple beatnik duffel bag, baseball hat on, probably a flannel. Depending on what time of the day it is, he'll be like, let's say it's early evening. Hey, Holmes, I'm a little hungry, man. You think, you think maybe we can go and get something to eat? At that point, you offer like a drive through and that's it. <laughs> Don't offer a restaurant. Don't offer to go inside, just drive through. Yeah. 
and something familiar, <laughs> like something familiar, like a Burger King or a McDonald's. You'll like, know what's Where there. you know what the fuck's on the menu. And then he'll say, yeah, you know, I need to pick up some supplies, you know, and this and that. <laughs> That's what, like I said, a 7-Eleven, a 7-Eleven that, or even less would be even better. <laughs> like less. Like, like less like, than like that. Like those gas station kiosks, dude. The, the, exactly. <laughs> that has, that's what you want. Because if you do anything else, like I said, Chef Shea, my buddy from Detroit, learned the hard way. We did that six years ago for the Metallica. We were there for Metallica show. And Jack's plane, of course, is fucking notoriously late. Every flight he's on is late or he misses it or something. So he's supposed to come in at like six in the afternoon or in the evening. Doesn't land till 11 p.m. And I told him the same thing I just told you. I'm like, he's going to come walking out. With his distance. Do you have just a paper? And Jeff was sitting there looking at it going, holy fuck, dude, you were right. He's got the flip-flops on and he's walking and, he's, and he gets in the car. And I told him, I said, Jeff, he's going to ask to eat. I said, don't <laughs> fucking give him the option. Just tell him nothing's open. <laughs> no, nope. we went to this place called the Tellway, which is this little slider joint, little old school slider joint. And he sat there and he talked to these fucking waiters and waitresses for hours about sliders, <laughs> fucking the sliders, hamburgers, and just, I don't know how you can make a conversation <laughs> Out of a half-size fucking burger, you know, but he does. And then, hey, man, I need some supplies. And I told Jeff, I said, just take me to fucking 7-Eleven or fucking where. He takes him to their equivalent of a Walmart. And at that time, and as soon as we parked and I got out of the car, he's like, you come in. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, I'm getting in the back, dude, and going to sleep. Because we're going to be here for hours. Sure enough, 4 a.m. <laughs> he just comes out tomorrow? He comes, No, he comes out. And Jeff is just exhausted. You can just see the look in his face. And he looked at me, he goes, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I fucking told you, dude. I've known this guy for years. It's what he does, man. I said, you just fucking bared witness to the fucking wrath of Jack Rudy, dude. I go, you're part of his, you're a fucking victim now. You're a fucking, you're a notch on his belt, dude. He, he did it to you, man. You were straight up, man. Is that how tattooing goes, getting a tattoo? Because I remember telling you, I was like, I want to get tattooed. And you're like, well... Like what? Like what do you want? <laughs> and I was like, he's oh. gotten better with the tattoos over the years, but the the stories of, yeah, my appointment was at four. We didn't start until two a.m. the next day. That shit's true. <laughs> but the thing is, is how do you do? Like how, how do you waste that much time? Well, <laughs> I couldn't even do it if I tried. I'd have to like just go to sleep <laughs> and sleep for four or five hours. Like how do you? waste that much time i don't get it but but that i guess see that is the lore of it now that is the fucking the what's the 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 legend of getting tattooed by same same with fucking tyrell man that's he's the last guy dude i think they're in competition sometimes because (laughs) the worst thing would be one or the other tattooing each other at a convention. Dude, if you get a, if you oh get them God. together back to back, does a black hole open? Oh, dude, at it, midnight. It is, well, the thing is, is they would sit there and talk to each other for hours about nothing, <laughs> you know. And then, and then when they finally got to work, it's just I, I've never i've I've had Bob work for me, 
I'm work with me, not for me, but I've worked with me. So well, he, I, well, when Dave got tattooed, Dave went down there and was like, I left, dude. <laughs> I left him there, dude. I'm like, here's the fucking all... keys to my pad, dude. I'm out, brother. I mean, I can't sit here for another three hours while you fucking shade a strand of hair. You know, <laughs> literally, I'm like, dude, that's a sideburn, Bob. I got a mag that's as big as that. Let me give it to you. Hit it with one stroke. You're done. Dude, he sit there for 45 minutes, shade the sideburn of a Frankenstein. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, dude. Dave, because I went down there. Well, I went down there. I think Manny went down oh, there. Oh, that's right. You did yeah, go. I, you're like, when, when hey, come down. There. Come down. And, right? And then you were trying to fucking get me to tell, ask Bob if I could sleep in his room. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, when Bob comes back, ask him. You're like, hey, room. Bob, can I sleep in your room? Because Bob Bob is so soft-spoken and he's so nice. He uh, He's almost so nice that I bet you he would have said yes. Well... Yeah, okay. You know, I guess so. If, well, there's nowhere, we were, if there's nowhere else for you to well, sleep. Well, we were gonna, but he never came home. He's still just tattooing. No, him. he did. He stayed there. He did that with my with my buddy, too, one of my other friends. Um, his appointment was like at 2 o'clock, 2.30. They didn't start it until 7.30. And they didn't finish it till 7 a.m. the next morning. Because well, D- Dave got the Frankenstein on him, right? And Dave's like, because Dave was like, yeah, I'm going to go get tattooed. And I was like, I don't know. You know, it wasn't take like four or five hours. It took like a hundred days. Yeah. Right. Dave was like, I got tattooed. He goes, Dave was like, I, at that point, just wanted to be done because I was tired of just being alive there. Like, uh, <laughs> like he's always tired. Like, I was bored. He said okay. he put the stencil on. Like, he's really, he's even anal about put where oh, like, the stencil th- placement is like. He puts the stencil on. Hey, Eric, what do you think of this? I'm like, Bob, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's. Just seems like Bob just fucking do the tap, bro. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's fine, dude. It's a Look fucking skull, bro. Do it. He did a tattoo of a dog on somebody and he took a picture of it. They bailed. He's like, man, this one little spot right here, it just doesn't look right. I'm like, it looks just like the picture. I know, but dude, for a day and a half, he was wore out about that. Had the person come back. Hey, can you come back? There's this one little spot. I kept looking at the picture and I really got to, it's bothering me and made them come back on a two day fresh tattoo to get fucking five minutes worth of shading on it. Yeah, but it looks great. Yeah, of course it, it looks, looks fucking, fucking, of course it looks, looks better fucking, than anything I can ever do on my fucking best day. I just don't have the patience. <laughs> I just don't see how. I don't understand how you just to work that slow. Wax on, wax off. Dude, you just do. It's slower than that, dude. Because when you tattooed me, I was, I was just good. I was like, fuck, Eric, so take forever. And then you fucking played the goddamn devil's fiddle on my ribs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> with, you, with, my, with my fucking gate, with my Mountain Dew green, green oh, soap. Dude, it, it was, it's, you just poured it from the fucking bottle in this other bottle. There's no water. The, the fucking humidity in the air was the amount of water you mixed <laughs> with that son of a bitch. And then the last time when I tattooed there, I had to fucking mix it down because I sprayed I sprayed that dude. That dude looked like I fucking hit him with like a goddamn fire hose napalm, dude. He was like jumped. Holy shit. And I was like, hold on, let me mix a quarter of this with fucking water. And you're like, and then you came in the first thing, did you fucking mix my green soap? And I was like, yeah, dude, I made it human so people can fucking have it on them. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. I actually added more since then. I know. I'm so, sure you so dumped it's, it out. It's backed dude. up to the <laughs> fucking the clear yellow. Dude. If it doesn't burn a little bit, then it's it's not doing its job. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's I always, hey, how's it burning? Is it burning a little bit? Yeah, it burns a little bit. And I'm like, okay, we're good, dude. dude it burns a lot of bit. Burned me a fucking whole lot. It was so red, you couldn't even take a picture, dude. It looked like you fucking tattooed me and then slapped the fucking skin around. Like, you just 
fucking belly. We slapping. did the we did the the grim the grim grim ripper dude the grim ripper with the shotgun and the skull. And I gotta get the I gotta get the money rose. But I was asking you, I was like, hey, I want to I want to get tattooed by Jack, you know. And I was like, does he take longer than you? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was it gonna hurt us? Because I was like, do it with the single needle, right? And then I was like, let's see about you. Like, I was like, wait, let's just do it with the five, dude. Just do it. Just do it with the five. And you did it with the first line. And I was like, how long would this take with the single? Because we we're getting toward the end and I was fucking done, right? And you were like, it'd have been like way, 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 way worse. And I was like, oh, fuck. Hell yeah, it would have been way worse. And he'll still use a single on you. Just still just fucking. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would love to watch you get tattooed by Jack. Because yeah. you're always in such a hurry for everything. My whole life. And he won't give a shit. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he won't care if your kid is out late to school. If you have to, if you have to go to work the next day, I've been at a, the only fight, like the only legit argument that I've ever gotten into, or I straight motherfucked him, like you motherfucker, dude. We were at a convention in Dallas. Dude had an appointment on Saturday. Jack didn't do it. He goes, "I'll do it tomorrow." So he had the dude waited around, paid for an extra night in the hotel, shows up to the convention. Jack's nowhere to be found. Finally, he shows up around five. On Sunday? Goes, yeah, well, it's a convention closes in two hours. I, we, I don't know, man. Maybe we could do it up in the room. I'm like, dude, you need to hook this dude up, Jack. Don't fucking make him. Well, you know, shit. I'm like, no, dude, that's fucked up, man fucking tattoo the dude and let him stay in your room in your extra bed oh Holmes I'm like no dude you're a fucking motherfucker dude that's not cool dude that's the only time I was like that's not cool dude like you just two days you made this dude wait two days and the dude was stupid enough to sit there that's what I should have just realized well fuck if this guy's stupid enough then fuck him let him let him wait another day to get it done or not done you know but that's what'll happen to you if you well, because I want to go, but I'm like, I need to plan like 48 hours where I just um... no, what you need to do is you need to get him to do it outside of his place. How just have him come to Corey's or something and do it because if he does Why don't that, we have him come to Dallas, dude. He, yeah, he could. We if we set up operation, get a tattoo normally, <laughs> we can fucking, it won't happen. Do, do, what if we pop? get him to come up here to Thunderdome? Yeah, you could you could try. He'll be and he'll still be like, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> we can maybe be a little more lax on our hours if we have. You'd to. be better off going out there. I'm gonna. I, I don't know. We're gonna set it up. I'm gonna go out there and we'll go and see because I wanted to see Corey's shop too. And um, Dave got tattooed by Corey too. That was that was fucking cool. That was a fucking drunken stupor. A whole bottle of tequila later. Dude, Dave, well, Dave came back. And he's like, hey, I'm pretty sure it's the most fun I ever had in my whole life. <laughs> like, he was like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he did. He had, he, Dave seemed to have a lot of, was, yeah, but it was cool. He's a lot a, of fun, man. He's got I mean, a bunch of, a bunch of, do you have, how many, how many, do you have, do you have a lot of tats from Jack or Corey? I have, well, if you're not counting this little jive lettering, but I got a big portrait that you did of my dog from Jack. And I never paid him. <laughs> <laughs> you just got it and you're like, I'll be back. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna give you the homie hookup 500. I'm like, Yeah, okay, you'll be right back. Let me get that money for you. And it's never fucking came back. <laughs> he just drove off into just the sky sunset. <laughs> I, I still have the picture in my head of me leaving and him just going, <laughs> 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 just like, like, look, 
All right. Is he, and I hope he waited there for like an hour for me to come back so he gets a taste of what it's like. <laughs> what? But he'll hit me up. Hey, Holmes, you ever you remember that tattoo of that pit bull I did on you? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Never heard of I it. I don't have no tattoo of no pit bull, dude. That's straight up fucking 1990 shit, dude. Who does tats of pit bulls, man? Besides <laughs> J.D. Crow, you know? <laughs> Pitbull with a fucking reaper on a fucking chain. Man. Dude, that's, that's a good one though. That's a good one. Yeah, the uh, but no, you you would uh you 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 would you should while you still can go do it, dude. Should well, I mean anybody listening to this, you you should wherever you're at, where like I, I always ask, you know, I always ask you where where hey, I'm going here, who's the who's the guy? You know, and wherever you live there's somebody you can go see and meet and and hang out i think i think the, the person i missed the most or the person i missed that was the most fun about was i missed meeting walt daly and and uh when i went up there to seattle yeah dude if you were right there i was right there and like i tattooed people that worked at his shop or that that i think i tattooed somebody that worked there and they're like oh he's still alive yeah but i gotta go back to seattle now but the I way the way he's in fucking, Seattle, I think he's like he's somewhere in Spokane, else now. He's in Spokane. Okay. He's like on the border, like Idaho or something like right the, there. The amount, dude, the, the the saying like I was saying earlier, there's so many people that are just getting older, and they're gonna start dropping, dude. It's gonna start happening more and more, man. And you're gonna you ain't gonna be able to do it, man. Did you ever get to meet Lyle? Um, I talked to him online. Did you ever meet him though? I didn't meet him in person. Yeah, see, that's. That's a shame, man. He would have probably tried to take something from you, but still, that's what Lyle did. I think he was trying to take stuff from me over the internet through other people. Yeah. Kind of. He did that with me with that. I think I said that when, they, when he passed away, I put that story out there about how he he's like, yeah, you know, I'll trade you one of these machines. I'll give you something cool. I'm like, Ooh, okay. So give him the machine. Wait. Couple weeks later, and I get a fucking smash penny. Yeah, I brought you back. What kind fucking- of fucking bullshit is this, dude? <laughs> Motherfucker just ripped me off. And then I thought, no, you know what? He taught me a lesson, dude. That that's all right. It's that was worth it. I wrote him on MySpace a long time ago, and I said, hey, I, I you know, do you have any tattoo advice for me? He goes, write it on a hundred dollar bill and mail it to me. And I'll fucking <laughs> and I was like, I don't. I've never had a hundred bucks, <laughs> so I can't fucking. He did turn me on to that. We were, you mentioned it earlier that trunk. The yeah, well, that's where I bought the flash. And then what you bought it from Puerto Rico or the woman, her name was Iris Cancel. She was the sister of Indio, the dude from Puerto Rico, one of the first tattoo shops in Puerto Rico and San Juan. And she came to the States with the big trunk full of his with, shit. With the trunk. And when I mean like trunk, I mean, you're picturing like an old school fucking proper pirate trunk, dude, like, and you open it up and it, fucking glows like marcellus wallace's fucking briefcase dude it's angels sing and you're looking at all this shit and you're realizing god i wish i had more money and i ended up buying a lot of stuff that was the day that lyle offered me a fucking frisco flyer frame mm-hmm. for 800 bucks and i didn't buy it i regret it i didn't have it you didn't have it didn't have 800 bucks i could have got it i could have figured out a way to get it i probably made it at the convention and I just, I should have bought, I'll never, I'll never own one of those now unless I just spend. Was that, was that a crazy thing back then? No, you didn't think about it. Just, it was, nah, nah, it's just, just, I mean, it was cool, but it was. It was like how it is now. Where it's fucking insane. See, there's so many people making the stupidest fucking looking machines that you can imagine. You know what I mean? Where they don't even look like tattoo machines. I mean, they're just stupid looking. And I'm not talking about the people 
like, you know, Mike Schaefer or DJ Neuendorf or these other like innovators. They're just making the stupidest looking fucking thing that they can. Hey, let's make this tattoo machine look like a fucking tree branch or, you know what I mean? Just stupid looking. You know, it doesn't even have resemble a machine anymore. But that was, he was the first one to have that, like the carved fucking frame that looked like a wing and an eagle head. And you know what I mean? It, he didn't have that back then. So he was one of the first people to do that. Even all the mach- old machine builders, they made machines that looked like machines. Yeah. Had the basic elements and they looked like a fucking tattoo machine. Yeah. And then, you know, the one who crossed that gap was fucking Aaron Kane when he started en- doing wild shit. He started engraving them and doing all that crazy yeah. shit, you yeah. know, and doing the Damascus. And nobody thought of doing that back then. But now every fucking swinging dick's got a carved machine or a hook machine or Damascus this or fucking something. You know, just he's been real nice to me. I'll, I'll he's I, a good, he's a great dude. Yeah, he's fucking. He sent me some. Dude. He sent me some books or some some books to get that were on some. Yeah, I, I don't know him super well. I mean, I've met him, but I don't, I'm not tight with the guy. But he's for what he does, he's awesome at it. I mean, he's the best at it. If I ever wanted a machine carved out, I'd fucking send it to him without even. Did you care. ever? Did did the the fucking Sweden plan, dude? With those with those those Jensen sides I gave you work out? No. Did you try the plant? You no. didn't try the plant. Ran out of time. All right. Next time. Next time. That's a secret <laughs> plant. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Just real quick. <laughs> um, what, uh, what was, cause I had bought a bunch. I bought that Tex row. I bought the Tex row original sheet from you. And I bought those Which other was ones. Way too fucking cheap. And, <laughs> and I bought those other ones. I Which think, were way too fucking I think, cheap. I think those are, are darples. And I guess who, so a friend of mine, um, Sean works at uh, Dana's. He works at Dana's right now. And he was FaceTime yesterday. He goes, hey, look at the whole shop, dude. You know, and it's just covered like this, but it's just all the most original, oldest shit in the whole world. And he had a bunch of the sheets, like the ones I got for you with the plastic on them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what else was in that? What all was in the trunk? Because if you had that, you said you had those things. I bought a handful of Jonesy frames off of her. Um, I bought a complete Jonesy machine. I bought a Percy Waters machine out of that. Um, some some old scrap, you know, some old nationals and some Spalding shit. Nothing crazy. And then some sheets of flash. And uh, I don't remember... Did Lyle buy the rest of it? I don't think Lyle buy it, ever bought anything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like he was helping her sell it for me. Okay. I don't, I don't think he. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody took everything off her hands. I, I would have taken more if I had more money. But it was like at the beginning of the show, I pulled money out of the ATM to pay for it, you know, just in the hopes. And then he had to bring it all back and nowhere to put it. You know, then I bring it back and now just hold on to it for years and forever and then try and sell it to me. Fucking years. But yeah, I won't sell it to you though. <laughs> sell it to me one fucking well, sheet. You've already, you know, time. when I realized I sold you that flash for way too fucking cheap, I almost, I'm so mad at myself. It's like, fuck, dude. Don't Should be have mad. kept Don't it. Don't be dude. mad. It's fine. Especially I'm... since I got to meet Tex Row. What was he like? 
Because they, they posted a back piece of him. He had a cowboy on his back. He, 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 I met him in Tennessee. No. Yes, Tennessee. And Mike Skyver busted him out of the fucking old folks. So I'm like legitimately fucking. Like broken the fuck like, up. Fucking dude, let's go, dude. Let's fucking go. Just hobbled him to the car. Vroom, drove to fucking Tennessee. And he's like, hey, I want you to meet Texro. I'm like, holy fuck, you're Texro. Yeah, and I said, man, I got a sheet of your flash. Really? I'm like, yeah, do you draw like the T into the R? Yep, that's mine. I said, I have some. I said, I'm going to fucking send it to you. No, no, you just send me a copy of it. Go, oh, okay, cool. And then we were coming home from dinner Friday night or Saturday, and Ambulance was there. Fuck, what's up? We're fucking wheeling Tex Rowe out. Is he dead? No, he's still alive. And you heard Jack. Yeah, yeah, little old, that old son of a bitch got in my goddamn way, and I had to fire him down the stairs, boy. <laughs> I don't care how old he was. And I'm like, Jack, shut the fuck up, dude. The dude's hurt, man. Like, he's an old man, and he took, he took a dive or something, you know? And you're talking shit. People don't know that you're joking, you know? But, yeah, that was fucking last. This was 15 years ago or something, you know what I mean? He was, was just... Just shit talking, just literally, ah, fuck that old man's old son of a bitch, you know? And yeah. And I think that was the first time Jack ever met him too. And he was just talking shit. That that, that weekend, Jack was on a tirade. So I remember he walked up to a, a bartender girl and she had leopard print hair and he asked her if the carpet matched the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Stewie, you don't drink, my man, but have you been drinking? Like, where is this fucking coming from, man? Like, Dude, he's just a wild one. Oh, uh, he, yeah, dude, he's he's my favorite out of out of all of them, man. He's like he's like my second fucking dad. That guy. Well, I'm gonna make it out there, dude. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna set aside a, a lot of hours. You're gonna need it, but I'm not gonna be there. You're just gonna send me. In by I'm gonna myself. fucking send you there. Perfect. I'm gonna like fucking put you in a fucking a lamb suit, dude, and jacket and Every- wolf suit. And I'm gonna send you in there and let you. <laughs> Let you figure it out. Every man. every person you send me to meet hates me. <laughs> well, they don't hate that, me. Dude? They're nice to me, but I get there and they're just like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Oh, you were the guy all. he was talking about? Yeah, not interested. Yeah, fucking whatever. Yeah, not interested. Society was, of was Sam one of the worst ones? No, Sam was Sam was Sam was cool. Sam Sam was nice. You know, he, I think he would put up with my shit when I was like, Yeah, Eric sent me down. He's like, Oh. All right, I'll deal with you. For yeah, a few I'll deal minutes. with you. <laughs> he was nice. He was polite, dude. He fucking dealt with my shit. But all the other guys are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like when I, it's like when I show you stuff. Hey, look at this cool thing I made. You're like, I don't give a fuck about that, you know. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. And you're like, why do you have this fucking unnecessary? You know, like let me look at the machine real quick. Throw it on the fucking ground, <laughs> like online. You're fucking terrorists online. Oh, me. dude. You're fucking, you're fucking goddamn terrorists to me online. <laughs> and everybody sees it. Nobody says fucking anything. Dude, nobody and has then your you back. text me because I'll post something. You're like, garbage, trash. <laughs> I don't understand. Unnecessary. And then one time I do agree with you. He's all, I do agree this sucks. And I was all, fucking goddamn it. <laughs> who, is, who is the guy that's the chrome. Said- you're all, you did the chrome all. Because I said, I said, look at this chrome that I did. And you were like, and like on text, you were like, oh, that's fucking cool. Then on real life and the where everyone sees it, you're all you did it all fucking wrong. Some guy's like, Yeah, I agree. Who was the guy? Because <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to say something back to me. You've been dude. doing it for a year. Who's the guy that just recently put something on your thing and it was like a fucking skull and some fucking weird looking cage mask aquarium looking whatever? And I just looked at it. And I'm like, what a waste of fucking paper and watercolor, dude. Like, 
Oh, that's fucking Ed's, dude. And you're like, what a waste of paper, dude. And people that don't know you look at it, right? Like, who the who the fuck is that guy? Because people will sometimes will message me, hey, who is that guy? And I was like, it's fucking whatever, bro. Like, he's just, you know, because you'll wait. Sometimes you'll say some gnarly shit, dude. And a lot of people will comment. And you'll just say something fucking mean as fuck. And then you'll text me be like, no one has your back. <laughs> that's, it. that's it and then I'll, I'll text you back and I'm like why you always fuck with me dude you don't text me back for nine days right? the next time to say some shit you're like give me some fucking mission go on google click Thanos's face what do you see and I'm like I don't I, I don't see anything you're like just just do it <laughs> just fucking <laughs> or when you sent me a USB a fucking goddamn the phone charger block for like like two weeks <laughs> dude he was the pictures of the phone charger. Because I thought he was telling me some important shit. He'd be like, hey, hey, look right here. And it was just a fucking phone charging block. And I was like, what the fuck is that about? And you're like, don't say anything. Walk away. <laughs> Next day, dude, you're all, look what's in this case. You open it, phone charging block. Why the fuck? <laughs> important text. Hey, hey. You're like, hey, answer your phone. Look at it, dude. It's a picture. And it's like you on the couch with the dog, dude, holding the phone. And I'm like, you're like zoom in. Zoom in. Phone charging block. <laughs> For like fucking two weeks, dude. For no goddamn reason. <laughs> That's what happens when you get old in this business. You lose shit to talk about, man. Dude, well, the it it was fucking. It was so I was laughing so goddamn hard because I just <laughs> and then I would get something cool. I'd be like, "Hey, look at this cool machine I got." And you're like, "I bought, you know, I bought fucking, you know, I bought Cap Coleman's tombstone from a tweaker on fucking eBay. <laughs> Check out what I got." You know, like, okay, fucking, all right. Yeah, he sends me a picture of a. What did he send me a picture of the other day that good Colonel Todd? I'll fucking, you, check this out. And you're like, check all. Oh, like, I got forty of those. He goes, I go. He goes, check this out. I'm like, yeah, cool. Here's a real one. <laughs> send him a picture back of a real one. Yeah, I just picked that one up from Charlie. Charlie, Charlie Reynoso. Yep. When is he coming? He's not, dude. Why? Because he's got a shop to run out there. Is he not coming out? Two shops. He no. told me he was coming out. I don't know. Every t- Charlie's my favorite person. Yeah. So fucking nice. The best. Yeah. I'm going to see him next month when I go out there. Where he's going to go with me up to the car show. He's going to become a beatnik one of these days. One of these days. A couple of years he will Dude, be. he'd be the best dressed one there. Tell you that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Hell yeah. They're going to give him a hard time about those pants. Somebody already has. Already? Hey, Eric, the dude that you're with. Why the fuck is pants so tight, man? I asked him if he... I'm like, why don't you fucking ask him? Well, I don't really give a shit. I'm asking you. He came with you, dude. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll, if I remember, I'll ask him why his pants are so tight. Dude, I, I, I was like, I was like, dude, you're like, you, you dress like the best dressed Star Wars character there is, dude. And he was like laughing his ass off, right? And I was like, dude, you look fucking cool. I don't know what to say. Like, you look fucking cool all the time. He's going, he's going up to that show with me in May next month. Tell him, well... He said he was gonna, when next time he comes to town, we'll talk. Um, well, we talked for too long. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. Yeah. Thank you. 